Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Why in the world am I sitting back and being quiet about this? Matt Hayes. Suck it up, Buttercup. Mia O'Brien. My nose just decided to start bleeding. And Leon Searcy. Now you're yeah. just talking Tom yeah. Fuller. Yeah. yeah. January, instead of coaching interviews, it's coaching success, it's play on, it's the Kansas City Chiefs up next, it's your Jacksonville Jaguars still alive for a chance at maybe making it to the Super Bowl for the first time in the franchise's history. Welcome into a Tuesday, XL Primetime, thanks to Beaver Chevy and Beaver Toyota. They're winners, they know what it's all about, and you can find out about them real easy online at beaverchevrolet.com. Beaver Toyota St. Augustine.com with all sorts of good things happening uh, when you're looking at that brand new or pre-owned. Now, this team feels brand new. It really does. We're going to say hello to Mike McCoy, who is a past head coach of the National Football League, but also has been a key to Trevor Lawrence's success as the quarterback coach of your Jacksonville Jaguars. So he's going to visit with us in just a few minutes. Of course, we'll have our head coach, Coach Campo, a little bit later on. Uh, But just a quick, quick comment before McCoy pops up. What was that last night? Uh, you know, uh, we always say father time is undefeated. And in the NFL, basically, tell uh, it doesn't matter what sport we're talking about. If you think you can keep going, the sport will tell you you can't keep going. And, Leon, that Tom Brady well, product <clears throat> last night, mm, not. Mm. Here we are as sports fans. The last thing we want, we don't want to see our legends go out the way they went out. I was telling you off the air, yeah. I remember in 1980 where I was with Muhammad Ali, who was my childhood hero was going up against Larry Holmes, and I hated Larry Holmes for what he did to Ali because he pummeled him yeah. for 10, 11, 12 rounds. Yeah. Ali was a shell of himself. That's the way I looked at Tom Brady yesterday. He was a shell of himself and all that greatness that I wanted to remember him how I wanted to remember him, going out on top, you know, holding the Lombardi. But last night was a shellacking. So my question then, two-partly on, number one, that's how I felt, and I'm not even a Packers fan. As a kid growing up, I just appreciated the greatness of individuals just because that was the nature of how I viewed the NFL and growing up where I did. Brett Favre Loved going to the Vikings, mm-hmm. going to the Jets, that's how I felt watching his tenure with both of those teams. But moreover, when it comes to Brady, here's his line from last night. <clears throat> 35 of 66 yeah. for 351 yards, an average of 5.3 yards a throw. This man is about to be 46 years old in August, and he dropped back 66 times. They ran the ball 12 yeah. <laughs> times. Do you think they've got a problem down there? Yeah. That's hey, where I say, is he well, actually done? Is he was, cooked, well, it, or is he cooked with that situation? Well, his offensive line should be ashamed of himself. Their yeah. inability to run the football, it, it should be a shame. If Tom Brady at the age of 40, what, 45 years old is mm-hmm. dropping back 66 times, the offensive line needs that you-know-what work. You you can't you can't you can't control the line of scrimmage. Obviously, they couldn't control the line of scrimmage because only ran the ball twelve times. But that's that's an embarrassment to any offensive line if your offense if your quarterback is dropping back six six times. 
the the other problem was is that he was locking in on Chris Godwin way too much and had uh, like he was getting Chris Godwin beat up and had way too much uh, miscommunication with Mike Evans last night. He went from Tom terrific, Maddie, to Tom terrible. Okay? I, I mean, Mike Evans wasn't getting open either, though. No, I mean, they were they were just they weren't on the same page yeah, for some reason. Just, I, I it it looked all weird. The whole season has looked weird for this team. The whole season has. I I don't I don't, I see him as a guy who's going to go to a team that has a be- better offensive line. And he's going to be just fine. I, I, I mean, look at him. You're going to have he's, him play on. Yes, of course. A hundred percent, I am. I, yeah. I think he's definitely playing. One quick yeah. note on that offensive although, line. Although, hang on, real quick. I did say at one point, and I think I texted you this, Jojo. Yeah. This guy blew up his marriage for this. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's exactly right because uh, all I saw was a guy that did have opportunities to make throws and didn't make them. And, and keep in mind, I've been trying to toss dirt on Tom for a long time, and so I, I whatever he does, he will always be remembered as the goat. But man. So while the Cowboys defense certainly did its job and they looked great last night, that Bucks team that played for or excuse me, that, that ran for fifty two yards yeah. against the Cowboys defense, this team that resides in this town ran for 192 yards with Travis Etienne running for 103 against that same Cowboys defense. And it gives you an Do example. with that information what yeah. you will. Yeah, and the Tampa defense against Dak. Okay, remember what Dak looked like against the commanders, uh, just a – a week ago, and then look at what he looked like against them last night. That was uh, as poor a defense. You want to talk about the overall Tampa Bay product? They got the ring, okay? Make no mistake. They're, they're, they're a couple seasons removed from, from uh, Tampa Bay, so they, they got it. But just the way it had to end for Tommy, at least the way I see it ending for Tommy, not pretty. Just think of Tommy all. with the Niners and Kittle, mm-hmm. you know, and Debo and Ayuk. I mean, they'll be, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. In fact, so, he'll, be, he'll be better than fine. He'll have an all-pro type so season. So now he's going to San Francisco, and they're just going to dump on all those other guys the Purdy. that they've got? Another Purdy friend. Purdy's well, Purdy right Purdy's when the, Cow- the Cowboys go in there and beat them, and then you're going to see That's it. not going to happen. All right. You're going to take the Cowboys? It, it's so yeah, funny. I'm take it it's so funny. Okay. I, I, I'm looking at NFL rumors on, on Twitter last night, and they had put out one the day before that the Vegas Raiders will go hard for Tom Brady. I'm like, Al Davis what? will come out of his I, grave. If they well, go after Tom Brady now, and, and he likes shiny, pretty things, and no, not not so, anymore, so not you, anymore. You gonna take the Cowboys over the 49ers when they play? I am. You, uh, they must gonna take the Tampa Bay offensive line to switch it with the 49ers <laughs> offensive line because yeah, uh, that, that's not. Ready for uh, that. Trust me, that's not the same offensive line. That <laughs> I know, you 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 being you being bewitched by what you I saw. I understand last what you're night. saying. I get it, but all I'm saying is that that dream has to end for Purdy at some point. It does. He can't oh, keep oh, playing oh, Purdy. Oh, he just oh, can't. Oh, it does it. Yeah, he just can't. I mean, the Heck. Cowboys can get after the quarterback now. He just can't keep playing Purdy. Uh, Cody Benjamin on CBS Sports before these. No offense, Mia. Before these. None taken. Before these round of games. Remember uh, Hawks first, then Clones yeah. in uh, proximity to the Cedar Rapids area. Yeah, yeah. Drink you, can't, you can't do that here. You can't be half this and half that in, uh, in listen, Sunshine State. We cover anyway. them all. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Cody Benjamin, CBS Sports puts his quarterback rankings together before this weekend. And put Trevor Lawrence behind Brock Purdy. Okay, what behind Brock Purdy? Disrespect. We had seen Brock Purdy all of what five games, and 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 Trevor had the season. Wait, who is Cody Benjamin? He's just CBS Sports guy. Okay, and and, and I, I couldn't help but laugh. Well, for the first thirty minutes of the Saturday night, he was looking like he was smarter than you know the average bear. Listen, but uh, no, that, that guy will turn into a pumpkin at some point. Listen, if Brock to. Purdy threw four interceptions in the first half. He'd be looking for Uber. <laughs> yeah. All right. Our guy fought through it and threw four touchdowns in the second. It came right back. Exactly. 
and said, I do not have a memory of those other 30 minutes. I've got, uh, you know, look ahead instead of look back. So what are our thoughts? I feel like we we definitely have some odds from my bookie, from all of our mm-hmm. other good friends mm-hmm. across the country with regards to where Tom Brady will be headed next. I mean, I see some folks on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures giving their predictions, which, of course, you can get in on the conversation at 641-1010. Uh, seeing some folks obviously stumping for the Raiders and the Niners, that's a given. Also seeing Seahawks, seeing Jets, and Dolphins. Well, the Dolphins mm. definitely has that old theory attached to it. Stephen Ross said, I will I will give you a fin, okay? Whatever you want, I will give you a fin uh, to come here. You can make money, you can play, you can have ownership, you can do all this stuff. So he was promising everything, and he got in trouble for it and all that kind of stuff. We'll find out what, what ultimately the – He's end, not retiring, okay? Yeah, that guy can that. still sling it. He is not retiring. Uh, did you uh, – I saw – a beaten man last See, night. I, I, saw, I saw Yoko poking needles no in him last night. Oh, I saw Jordan with the Wizards. Always. That's what I saw last yeah. night. Did yeah. you really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I, he he didn't want to get hit. Uh, uh, the ball, I'm telling you, you, just go back and look at the cut-ups last night. Do we want to play the end of his press conference? How many guys he yeah, missed? Yeah, play that, because then, then we will hopefully be hearing from Jaguars quarterbacks coach Mike McCoy, and yeah. I see that the text line wants us to ask Coach McCoy uh, about those quarterback rankings that we were just alluding to. Yeah. Everything this year, I really appreciate all your effort, and I know it's hard for you guys, too. It's hard for us players to make it through, and you guys got a tough job, and I appreciate all that you guys to cover us and everyone who watches and is a big fan of the sport, we're very grateful for everyone's support. And, um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, I love this organization. It's a great place to be. And thank you, everybody, for welcoming me, all you regulars. And um, just very grateful for the respect. And I and, uh, hope I gave the same thing back to you guys. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. Mm. You, you That's very well. Yeah. Bro, by the hey. way, those were Keyshawn's yeah. rankings, not that CBS Sports rankings. Yeah. It was Keyshawn Johnson's rankings. He's a hot take artist. Keyshawn Johnson had Brock Purdy over Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, well, I'll go back and look at it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Um, because I, I was, I looked at the guy who wrote it, so that's that's who I was assuming. Right, right. Yeah, that's wrote Key's it. rankings. Uh, that's pretty bad too. Right. Uh, but back to what Tom Brady just said. Uh, like, do you remember the second longest yard when they kept feeding the uh, the pills to the uh, linebackers so he'd have feelings yeah. and get soft yeah. and. That's what Tommy sounded like last night, uh, like a tear in his eyes, I guess. Really? Oh, my God. I think he sounded like I was really grateful for my time here, but I'm yeah. out. Well, he is prepping. Could be that. Yeah, he is prepping to be to be out of there. Yeah. That that I get. But someone's – it has to end at some point. No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> it has to. Why? How long do you want him to play? As long as he feels like he can play and he's physically able to play. And, Don't and, you and, think he would have been a better quarterback than Mac Jones for the Pats this year? Yes, for the Pats, uh, yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. go back. Yeah, it's not like he can't because the rules do help him in today's Absolutely. NFL. That's He'd have been for better sure. than twenty quarterbacks yeah. in the NFL this year. And, but he's he's a year removed from having you know thrown for a ton of yards, just a massive amount of yards. Led the league this year. He led the league in attempts. Last night it was ten yards per completion. It's not stuff that you're used to seeing from Tommy. And those are the things. I, look, if he comes back, hey, someone's going to pay you him guys a bunch know, of money. You guys know me and Tua. Who's a better quarterback? If you, if you, if you start next year, who are you taking? You rolling with two or are you rolling uh, with Tommy? Two. Tua minus the concussions, of course. You are. Yeah. No, I'm going, I'm going with Tommy. Yeah, Tom minus Brady, the concussions, man. I will take Tua. Yeah. All right. All right. Tom Brady with Tyreek Hill and Waddle. <laughs> All right. That'd be scary. We're going we're gonna to get everyone too. to look at the cutups last night. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like he's looking at guys <clears throat> that are wide open and yelling at them for not catching the ball that was three yards behind them. Or at their feet. All right. Hey, 
That's not the same Tommy I remember. I ain't giving up on 12, man. Yeah. No way. That is not the same Tommy I remember. That's for sure. All right. Special no. guest time. Yeah. Another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line. Brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Before he heads out to practice, please to welcome on Jaguars quarterbacks coach Mike McCoy onto XL Primetime. Coach, thanks for joining us on the Farrah and Farrah phone line. We appreciate the time. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, first things first, I'll tell you this, take you some inside baseball. Speaking with, of course, our Jaguars PR extraordinaire, David Wolf. we were looking, all right, what coach would we like to get on to spotlight this week? And in watching the game back on Sunday, Coach McCoy, I just kept noticing that every time Trevor Lawrence threw a touchdown, you were the second or third person that he ran over to. Can you describe your relationship with the second-year quarterback during your almost one year here in Jacksonville and what that performance on Saturday night meant to you? Well, we have a great quarterback room. Everybody in the room, um, it, just, it just goes to show the type of uh, player he is. And, you know, a lot of guys um, that would throw the number of interceptions that happened early in the game would not be able to, you know, bounce out of that and kind of respond the way he did. And it just, you know, I just kept on telling the sides, hey, just keep rolling, keep rolling. You're, you're, you just got to make one play and just make a play, complete one ball, get it going, get us in the end zone, get one score and, We'll see what happens, and that's what happened at the end of the half. So we came in with some confidence, and we got rolling. But, you know, we've got a great relationship. Uh, my job is to do anything possible to help Trevor be successful. And, you know, he, he wants to be great, and he wants to be coached hard. He wants to be told the truth. Uh, but we've got a great relationship. So I, I'm very fortunate uh, to be his coach. Former head coach of the National Football League, Mike McCoy, is now the quarterback's coach for your Jacksonville Jaguars, joining us on XL Primetime. And, and I pair up the his comment, Coach, after the London game, saying, I got to quit you know, making those mistakes. And he kind of put a lot on him. Can you take that time then, and, and, and maybe that paid off for the second 30 minutes of this last ball game where he, you know, he basically course-corrected? Well, yeah, you know, you know, my job is, you know, to do everything I possibly can for Trevor to help him be successful on game days. And then when he gets out there, he goes out and plays and makes decision. And when you're the quarterback of an NFL franchise, you know, the franchise is on your shoulders. So, you know, everyone wants to criticize the quarterback all the time and you get too much credit with the good things. But a lot of times on the outside, people don't understand the big picture of things, whether, Hey, it's not just a missed throw. Sometimes there's a depth of a route. There's certain things that come into it. There's, you know, protection issues from time to time. And you, you just got to keep going. And it's just, Trevor understands his role in this organization, so he's very critical of himself, and that's what the great ones do. And you know, he wants to play the perfect game, but there, you know, it's everyone's still chasing that perfect game. Every quarterback that's ever played the game is trying to do everything right. But you know, we we had a heart to heart and sat down after that game in London and just said, "Hey, listen, we got a lot of football left, bud. You you, you are a, you're going to have a great year. You're going to continue to learn and just keep going. That that's the thing." at this position, especially the first year in the system early on, we might've missed some things. And it was just an, a number of, you know, my job is to give as many looks as I can and practice and talking through certain things. And all of a sudden that first timer comes up early in the year, we might miss something. And that, that that's on me as a coach. So I just think he's done a great job week in and week out, continuing to improve and getting better in the system. And it's the entire offense. It's, it's our entire football team really getting better each week. Now, Coach, what, what was Trevor Lawrence's temperament on the sideline after throwing all those interceptions? I was watching him, and he didn't flinch. He just he just felt like he needed the ball again or a series again to get back out there. That, that's the great thing about Trevor is he's the same guy every day. He comes in this facility. He goes to kickoff from Sunday to Sunday or Saturdays as we've been playing. 
uh, he just keeps going. And he never gets too high. Well, he gets high at night. You see him getting excited. That's that, you know, after he, uh, he snuck that ball in there at the end and that, that spike, he, there was some intensity there. You, you, you know, that was great to see. And the, the way you've seen him at critical moments of the game, the energy, the juice, you know, in Tennessee, when we kneel down at the end, when he gets in their face, things like that. Uh, and it's great to see him respond that way. But the great thing about Trevor is he just takes it one play at a time. And, you know, my job sometimes on the sidelines, like early in the game the other day when things aren't going the way you want, it just, just keep going, bud. Just, you just keep them going and uh, keep them on the right track. And that's what the great ones can do. Not many players can respond to what happened that first quarter of that game. And it says a lot about him and the rest of his teammates, the way we finished that game. Hey, Mike, specifically following up on that, um, when you're in a position where you've got a quarterback who's really struggling early and making critical errors early, um, how, do you, how do you specifically, when he comes and sits down next to you, what do you say? Do you say, look, let's just rely on our preparation of last week and let's just go from there, everything's all right? How, how do you specifically do that with him? Well, I, I put that one on coaching because considering uh, Jake DeLone played the game and threw five interceptions, uh, so I was his coach for that game. So no, in the whole series. Uh, and I, I text Jake after the game. I said it must be coaching. He says this, you, you guys won. We lost. Uh, no, but you just you keep going. I, I've played the position. I, I've thrown interceptions. I've, I've thrown multiple interceptions in the game. You know, our head coach has played the position. I mean, a lot of guys on the staff have played the position. So we all understand that. Um, listen, the first ball was tipped. You know, if we hit, if the ball's not tipped, who knows how far Christian goes. Uh, there's a lot of things, like I mentioned earlier, that goes into every throw and decision. Uh, so certain things happen. So you, you just keep going. I mean, there was a lot of time left, and we've showed a lot, and it all starts with our head coach here, of uh, just continue to go, continue to play. Play for 60 minutes, one play at a time, one series at a time, and just all we had to do was make one play or score one time, and then our defense make a couple stops and see what we can do. So it says a lot about everybody here. So. You know, my number one job on the sideline is just keep him going and just talk through the situations. Um, and, you know, he's a, Trevor's a great player. And it, it shows, you know, what he's done. And, you know, he's got a very bright future. And we're very fortunate to have him as the quarterback of our franchise. A couple more for Jaguars quarterbacks coach Mike McCoy before we, before we send him off to practice on this fine Tuesday in Duval County. Uh, coach McCoy, I want to ask you about a comment that Marvin Jones made post game, which was, when the Jaguars took the field on offense for what would be the game-winning drive, he said everybody looked around at each other in the huddle and just started smiling and laughing because they almost knew what was going to happen, that they would march down the field and Riley Patterson would kick a game-winning field goal. What was the reaction on the sideline for you and this coaching staff when the defense forces that three and out, you get the ball back with the time that you did? We, we had no doubt in our mind that we are going to go win the game. And that's the way we played, and that's the way we've played all year long. Give us an opportunity somehow as a football team. One of the three phases at the end is going to make the play. And the way the players have bought in, uh, all the situational work we've done in practice throughout the year from the very the offseason program through training camp, you know, the importance and the focus that everyone has uh, had on all the situational work we've done, it's paid off in a number of games this year. And it's just, it's a belief. It's a mindset from our football team, and they should be playing with a lot of confidence. The type of players we have and the way they've played all year long, the way they've worked, they deserve to have the success they've been having. So it's, that, that, it's great to see these guys making the plays, whether offense, defense, kicking game. 
uh, when the game's on the line, seeing these guys, all three phases step up this past weekend is something special. Before you go, Coach, can, can you give us maybe one antidote from Doug Peterson after the game? Because, I, honestly, that's the third largest comeback in, in, in postseason history. There, there had to be just at least that moment where you all looked at each other and said, hell yeah. Is, is there one thing you can relate to the fans? Well, I, I think when everybody, I mean, I think the fans included. I mean, when I saw my wife and my kids after the game, everyone was kind of still in a state of shock that it just happened. You know, being down the way we were, and everyone, did that really just happen? <laughs> Uh, you, you come in, you know, Sunday morning and talk to the players. They're kind of, you know, no one had a lot of sleep, you know, coming back in the next day, whether it's coming in for treatments or coming in back to work to get ready for this next one. Everyone kind of was like, wow, did that really just happen? And it just says so much about the type of players we have and the coaching staff and everyone in the organization, uh, everybody that was on the sideline. We just kept going. And that's the way it's been all year long. And it starts with our leadership with our head coach, the way he just keeps going. He's the same guy every day. Um, you know, we all know what he wants from us day in and day out and the way we're going to work. And there's a reason why we're having the success. So it, it's just, it was very rewarding. And there was a little bit of everyone kind of just looking around like saying, wow, how did we just do that? That's the best way I can say it. Mike, we appreciate it. We know you got to head off to practice. So thank you so much for a couple of minutes and joining us here on XL Primetime. Thank you for having me. And thank you to all of our fans and the great fans we've had all year long, especially the last two weeks. But thank you very much. Absolutely. They're screaming Duval right now. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> Thanks. That's Mike McCoy, head, uh, the Jaguars quarterback's coach for your hometown, Big Cats, former head coach. We didn't even get to ask him because I know he's got to head off to practice, which is yeah. starting in about three minutes, Yeah. about beating the Chargers, his yeah. former team. Oh, I know. Team. It's his whole team. And it's funny because, you know, I, I'm sure, like, like the same thing, he's not going to necessarily peel back the entire curtain afterwards, but – he, there had to be they a were certain, in disbelief. We're in disbelief. The guys yeah. that are in the game are in disbelief. And it had to be a certain amount of satisfaction. That was his. He was a head coach there for four years, two winning seasons, two losing seasons, and ultimately they, you know, we need to get into them letting go of a couple of coaches uh, after this past week. But the other part of it, which is kind of cool, and I just had to look this up uh, because he coached at Carolina, he coached in this stadium when Jake Delhomme threw for three hundred and twenty-three yards and three touchdowns, and had a passer rating of 113.6. That was and, – and by the way, anyone who can picture Jake DeLome, what was he? Nondescript, and then all of a sudden took off and became a, 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 basically a gunslinger up there in Carolina, and Mike McCoy was his quarterback coach. So that's a nice little trick. Went to a to Super him. Bowl, too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, as much as, yeah, he, he was a nobody and then suddenly a somebody and yeah. then kind of retreated back into nobody, man's been to a Super Bowl. Yeah, and, and – and, like you said, we had to turn him loose, but he was three years out of coaching and made a decision to come back into coaching. Oh, with, I was referring with, to Jake DeLone, but yes, yeah. yeah. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, McCoy with with Doug Peterson. Right. Doug Peterson's call. He said, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna come back into coaching because this last year was where Arizona, I believe, in 18 and has come back and coached in 2022. So, uh, Speaking of Arizona, let's do with that because I think uh, you guys will enjoy this quote from the new Cardinals GM's opening press conference. That is just happened brought to you by florida home ac the official air conditioning partner of the jacksonville jaguars in case you missed it the arizona cardinals who will also be searching for a head coach announced the hiring of monty Asenfort, formerly of the tennessee titans as their general manager yesterday uh here is the quote ego will not be tolerated in this organization <laughs> do with that information what you will cardinals fans yeah, yeah don't quite know if you're going to be able to change what is or you know what is currently going on that that's just going to be a tough one. It really is a team that 
not Kyler Murray getting old, but a lot of other things around him got old, and they're going to be lopping off salaries. And DeAndre Hopkins has already at least mentioned, you know, other destinations as a possibility. But they do got a lot of uh, a lot of fixing to do in the desert. Okay, uh, we'll find out what they can do. But right now, all you want to do is what all you want to do is think about what your team's going to do against Kansas City. So we'll get into that coming up. It's XL Primetime. We got to talk about the next destination. For Tommy, all that stuff, you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010. We just don't have time to enjoy wins. You know, uh, you're playing 815 and you're getting done at 1130 and you're right back in the office the next day and you're deciding who you're going to play. And and so there's, you know, but listen, I'd rather be doing this, you know, um, and, and coaching our football team this time of year. Uh, but, but um, you know, it's part of it, you know. Uh, we go through it. All the teams now that are, that are continuing on, coaching staffs are going through it. Um, you know, it's, it's why you like having a bye if you get a chance to, to be one of the two teams in the league to get buys, you know, and um, the rest of us are, are grinding away. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. Doug Peterson. Just wrapping up meeting with reporters down at the bank. Trevor Lawrence will meet with the media at 2.45 today, followed by the first locker room availability of the work week ahead of Jaguars and Chiefs, a third straight Saturday night for your big cats in prime time. But I'd be remiss, boys, if I didn't also note this little uh, fun fact. Mm -hmm. Have you looked at the calendar today? Today is the 17th. Okay. Um, do you know what happened here in the fair city of Jacksonville 10 years ago today? Okay, 10 years ago. So we're going back to 12. That would have been when... In 2020, it would have been 2013. Oh, th- 13. Is you think I Modelo just... Moment? I got stuck Time in 2022. Time now for a Modelo moment. Make your next moment <laughs> Actually, with a Modelo. it'd be funny if we made this a Modelo moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Any, any guesses what well, happened in the fair a, city 10 years ago? Con had the team for a year. They fired Mike Malarkey and they hired Gus. Give him a yes, sir, JJ. Okay. Yeah, okay. It was indeed this day 10 years ago. The Jaguars hired Gus Bradley. They have had uh, how many head coaches since then? Uh, Three. Three. So they've had four head coaches in that 10 year span, but I think they finally got it right. Uh, I think you finally got it right, Shad. Well, Gus built it. Yeah, he did. Gus walked so that Doug Doug, <laughs> yeah. Doug could jog. I mean, to be fair, Malarkey built it. He yeah. put the foundation. <laughs> and Dave Dave is the one who said it was built. Right. Uh, and so you know what we got to play, JJ. Yeah, Dave. Was it? I actually thought it was. I, I thought it was. Uh, Dave's not here. Thank Gus. you, JJ. Who said it was Thank built. You. And, and you might be right. You might be right because the memory blurs. But uh, one Dude. between the two of them, they said it was built. I thought Dude, it was what? Dave, but I, I I could be wrong. A sinking uh, ship. Yeah. Dave's listening to Ponavidra right now, going. Did they really win that game? Man? Yeah, exactly. And then he's probably like murmuring, mumbling, or whatever. Dave, we still got to play the, the yards. <laughs> we still got to play the yards. Hit me up. Yeah, it was always the Jags. Uh, but uh, look, they that back then, it was an open checkbook, and it has remained such for Shad Khan. He has been a believer and appointed people with great responsibility to lead this football team and give him a championship. And here he is. Now a decade plus, a year later, and uh, the, or a decade, and the fruits are finally, finally, maybe paying off. One thing I've found interesting in my conversations with people outside of the Jacksonville media market, including those who will uh, be a part of the national broadcast for NBC this upcoming Saturday, the Jaguars will be on for a second straight Saturday, 
is the fact that not only are people in this town apologizing to Trent Baalke and giving him his flowers, but on a surface level from even a casual Jaguar follower, an NFL fan, mm-hmm. I had a guy who went through the list with me last night, and he said the four wide receivers slash tight end in Evan Ingram that caught touchdown passes on Saturday night all were Trent Baalke free agent signings. Mm-hmm. Foye Aluakin, Baalke. Roy Robertson-Harris, Baalke. Farukasi, Baalke. Oh, go on and on. I mean, but now my question is to bring this back to Gus Malarkey Marone is that we've seen, look, go back to 2017, how many of those guys were free agent signings by Dave mm-hmm. that only panned out for two, three, four years? Yeah, you got to be real careful. Okay, nothing lasts forever. And and if you think about it, and, and we could like maybe transfer this to go into, just go into the depth chart on, on offense and defense and say, see how many guys have been here for two years or less. Two years or less. And think about that. Either a draft pick, which would be, say, in the case of, Lawrence, uh, uh, ETN, Cisco, uh, uh, all these guys, Tyson Campbell, all of them, they've been here two years. Others that have been brought in, free agency this year, just a year. Others that have been drafted, that are playing right now, Mooma, Lloyd, and all those guys, Walker, that are being asked to play right away. Two years or less. You start adding all that stuff up. And I don't know, like, if you go back to 17, they spent as much money as probably anybody in the National Football League that year, and it was A.J. Boye who was the highest-paid cornerback that was brought in, paired up with Jalen. They ended up being all-pro, an all-pro tandem here in Duval. That does not happen very often. Well, we know it didn't last because Boye ended up having to – they had to cut the contract, deal him to, to Denver, and then Jalen was out of town. The yeah, other guys they back. spent, Barry, Barry Church didn't last forever, but they spent a lot of money on the other guys that they came in and, you know, the Maliks of the world. They spent a lot of money to try and get those guys. Kalea's coming in. All the other ones that came in, it just didn't last like it was supposed to. I have the answer to your question. Mm-hmm. Of the Jaguars starters, how many have been here more than two years? Mm-hmm. Six. Yeah. It's and the, that is including of, Logan Cook and Ross Madison. Okay, because I was going to say out of 22, but that's out of that's out of 24. And, and uh, the, So the kicker, four. Yeah, the kickers, Four out of 22. Yeah. So you think about that. Do we okay. want to do we want to say six and include uh, Caleb on Chase on and Dewey Wingard? Mm, I'm just kidding. No, I'm no. just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah, but think about that. That is how much it turns, and it turns over quickly. And it had been turning over quickly. The back half of this roster, Dave Caldwell was renewing on an annual basis. It was like checking out a library book, taking it back, and go get another one. Uh, but the second half of that roster was not good. They just kept renewing it. Now the top half has been turned over. And it's good. If it's turned smartly yeah, through draft picks and through free agency, yeah, you can change it quickly. Mm-hmm. But if you just keep turning the turn right. and you don't draft well and you pick Chris Anderson at number nine and you pick Chase on it, what was it, 21, mm-hmm. if you keep doing things like that, yeah. it's just you're literally going to be in a repetitive cycle yeah. over yeah. and over and over. Only reason I'm correcting you on this one is he was picked 20th and Justin Jefferson was picked right after 21st. Yeah, that 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 one. But no, right. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Well, you could have picked someone else. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I can't. I'll never get that out of my head. Right. Chase on over over Jefferson, twenty and twenty one, a pair of teammates. So so the twenty seventeen team that particular season was a success, but I think overall with the money you spent in free agent, it had to be a failure, in my opinion, because you didn't get but one year out of it. Because if I look years at max. if I yeah. if I if I look at when I came here to Jacksonville in '96, the money we spent. And the players that we got in free agency, we had at least a four-year run and two two championships, to, to say it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying if you 
if you're making that kind of commitment to money and free agencies and all that kind of stuff, and yeah, 2017, but it, in my opinion, it was it was all out failure. With all that money that you spent in free agency, mm -hmm. you only got one pill out of it. Yeah, it, it, it's got to last. You it's are, got, I mean, it's got. I mean, now it collapsed on us in 2000 yeah. because you know we went we went free fall because of all the money that we spent on me, on Air Lake, and all the other guys, Artie, Artie all, all that, yeah. Bryce Paul, yeah. all them kind of guys. It gave us a you know four year window, maybe a five year window to win to win a Super Bowl, and then it fell off. We fell off the cliff after that. Yeah. If you all that money that you spent for that time for twenty, you should have got more out of. Yeah. Because at least you had. At a, least we had a four year run. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that yeah. like hearing that? Like that's the norm. It the free agency should open a four right. or five year window yes. for you to win a Super Bowl. What does that say about what Bill Belichick and Tom Brady did in New England? Like no, when we talk about, when we look at the landscape of sports and most impressive dynasties, franchises, knowing, granted, the salary camp wasn't, salary cap was not structured quite like it is now, back mm -hmm. in 2001, 2002. Mm -hmm. What does it say that they have been able to do up until Brady, Brady's last year and then departure that Belichick was able to do what he was able to do up there? I mean, it's the Patriots way. I mean, uh, they manipulate minds up there. They 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 draft well. They they don't bring in. Rarely do they bring in overpriced free agents. Or, or if they do bring them in, they pan out. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean the Patriots. I mean on that long haul, there has to be. A, they, first of all, it has to be a very manipulation of their minds to let those guys know. Hey, you don't have to take all the money. We're going to take care of you. But the the end game is championship. Yeah, they they brought Randy in after he yes. they had there were knocks on Randy yes. that he was taking plays what's the, off. What's the, running, the running back? What's the running back? Uh, Cedric. Well, you can go. You could go. Uh, Antoine Smith came in there. Yeah. Um, uh, well, did Cedric Benson play for them? No, no, not Cedric. I'm thinking yeah. of the running back that came in there yeah. from like Cleveland, Cincinnati, or somewhere. Had a, had a great. Oh, it'll come to me in just yeah, a second. But I'm thinking of the Wes Welkers, the Julian Edelmans, yeah. these guys that just came in, and Welker was basically a cast-off from Miami inside the division yeah. and went up there and did great things for them. And the other thing about New England, they were smart back then, but then if you go back, when they went out and got two tight ends, John o. Smith, they plucked him from Tennessee, they went and signed uh, the other tight end for big Andre money. Henry. Yeah, other tight end for big money, and they spent more money in one free agent offseason they, they had in the previous three years combined. And that was, you know what that was? That was Belly reaching because Tommy had just won the Super Bowl. And Belichick and Kraft said, we're spending some money. We're not going to let that guy get over on us down there in Tampa Town. And to this point, you know, he still has the ring and they, they don't. Corey Dillon, by the way. According yeah, Corey to the, Dillon. Shout Corey out, Dillon. Shout out to 8630 yeah, on the text line as well as 3639. We appreciate you guys. Mm -hmm. um, let's take this talking point, though, and then apply it to some news of the day in the National Football League as we talk about free agents, adding splash players. How much of a window does that open up for you? Because the Los Angeles Chargers saying goodbye to offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi as well as passing game coordinator quarterbacks coach Shane Day in light of that 31-30 defeat at the hands of your Jacksonville Jaguars. And, and what's most impressive to me is the fact that the Jaguars in back-to-back -back weeks have now gotten two offensive coordinators fired. Uh, mm -hmm. So shout-out to your, your Acoy, yeah. to Mike Caldwell. Come on, Mikey. There we go, Mikey boy. Um, but what's interesting about this, Leon, is you talk about the Super Bowl window, <clears throat> is the fact that the Chargers are now in that window. They're going to have to pay Justin Herbert because he's coming up towards the end of his rookie deal. I mean, you're not going to tag him franchise. I mean, maybe they do, but I would think he's in line for his big deal mm -hmm. coming up. You have Joey Bosa under a big deal, who is a homegrown player. You add Khalil Mack. You go out and you sign J.C. Jackson, which that backfires on you tremendously. 
You paid Derwin James, so they do have a lot of homegrown guys that they've played. They tagged Mike Williams, correct? They didn't give him a long-term deal I yet. I thought they gave okay, him a long-term deal. Okay, they did give him a long-term deal. I thought so they ended up getting a deal done So my him. question is, as you look at them, you also look at that team across town in the City of Angels, the Los Angeles Rams, and what is now transpiring there That's after all unwrapped. the contracts and trades that they made. Mm-hmm. And how can either of those be an example for this franchise here as to how they should go moving forward <sighs> in terms of building the roster with well, what's <clears throat> clearly a successful group right I, I, now, I, but understanding the nature of the league? I think the key component to it all is Justin Herbert. I mean, as long as you have him within that franchise, it's going to give you a chance. The reason why I said that the Jaguars – within that window in 2017 was a failure because everybody wasn't sold on Blake. Blake was the it was the the missing link. Everybody wasn't sold on Blake. I think if Trevor was in that scenario back then, you build a team around Trevor, and then you have that window. You spend all that money. Trevor, as long as Trevor's here, we're going to have a – hell, might have a 10-year window mm-hmm. where we're in the thick of things and, and playing for championships. I, I think that for the, for the charges, as long as Justin Herbert – is there? You're going to put the pieces around them because that's a good team. They could just, they they collapsed against us. I'm telling you, they just collapsed, and now the head coach is throwing people under the bus so he doesn't get his butt fired. It's I, I will say this in theory, what you're saying is correct. Mm-hmm. You can't start drafting Taven Bryant. No, oh, no, because you, you got 16. I mean, you true. he you look at Matthew Stafford. Like, the Lions probably thought, we got this guy for 12 or 15 years. We're going to be in the playoffs. We're going to win a Super Bowl. They made a lot of bad decisions. They made yeah. a lot yeah. of at, bad decisions. Especially, at the top so, of the draft. especially yeah. in the draft, yeah. So you can't just, like, willy-nilly draft, willy-nilly free agents. Right, you got to be smart in what you're doing. Up until this point, this team made a lot of bad decisions yes. at the top of the draft. True. Yes. Uh, and it went, you know, Tate and Bryant was one of the last ones. Uh, well, actually, he wasn't one of the last ones because we just mentioned Caleb on Chason, who has not, not done anything for the number 20 pick overall. But this goes all the way back to 2008. Uh, with this franchise, well, sure. from Derek well, Harvey all the way until till then, they well, only had one outside to, the top ten. To your point, it's going to be even more. It's going to be even more uh, apparent that this team, because they're going to be drafting in the twenties now, because they're going to be, they got they can't miss on those cannot guys. Miss. You can't right. miss on those guys, right? Yeah. Because now you're not going to be on the top half of the draft now. With the way they're playing, you're going to be in the bottom half. You're, whoever you pick at 20, 24, 28 has got to start. Got to yeah. start. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be impactful. Yeah. You got to get it right. And by the way, you know, ETN as the 25th pick overall, uh, and it was second guessed a bunch, and he has come through and he has been the, well, he's been as important as anybody not named Trevor because you could put Kirk up there, you could put Zay, you could put Ingram. You got to put ETN. ETN for the first half of the season was playing as good as anybody. Oh, yeah. As anybody. And then, you know, still is, I think. Yeah, yeah. He just had a couple of quiet moments and coughed up the football here or there. But yeah, he has had an unbelievable, and you can call it a rookie year if you want, because heck, in the NBA, if you're injured this the first year, right, you're next year you're being the rookie year. of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Candidacy. So he has had an unbelievable year. And so that's really what it boils down to is getting it right, like you're saying. It's the old draft and develop. And, and I'm trying to think of who this. At the end of the day, it really is. Like your, your second round pick, which would be, you know, 48, 50, also. Yeah. yeah. You can't miss on those. You just. Those are two premium picks. Mm-hmm. Two picks in the first 55, 60 picks. Those, both of those guys got to be how you build. And, 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 you cannot pick Dave and Brian. You and, just can't. Here's another well, one. Yeah, go ahead. No, just, just a, as an example to your point, the Steelers. Yeah. When I got there, they were in the bottom half of the draft. But in the bottom half of the draft, guess who you get? You go get LeVon Kirkland. You, you go get Chad Brown. You do your job scouting. You do your job scouting, absolutely. You, you, bring, you go get Joe Steed. You go get impactful guys. You don't. That you don't pick a guy stars. who got hot at the end of the 2019 season with the best, you know, 
the best team maybe ever in college football history. Which is what what, what Dave did. He yes. fell in love with Kay Levon. He fell in love with two or three guys, actually, uh, that Visca he fell in love with as well because of the big numbers. And and uh, C.J. Henderson he fell in love with because he thought he was, you know, cover corner that could lock up. And, and it, the, the commitment to football needs to be – you need to you need to know that whether this guy has got the heart and remember we'll remind trust your everybody scouts, man. we'll remind everybody that there was a question mark next to Trevor's name as to how committed he was to football. You remember that? Yeah. Going into the draft, uh, who 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 threw four picks and then came back and responded? <laughs> that cat. Remember, Herb? I don't trust scouts. Yeah. Scouts are literally everything. Yeah, that's what yeah. Trust because your that's scouting you department. Find yeah, and you, and yeah, take those CJ, are the guys that go listen. get down and dirty, and they yes. go see the guys, and they go talk to the coaches, and they talk to the everybody associated with the program. Trust those guys, yeah. man. They got to be asking the right questions. Because CJ Henderson, someone had to figure, had to had to ask the question: Does this kid love football? Yeah. How committed is he? Does he does he train? Well, allegedly, on his that own? was a I'm picking this kid moment. Yeah, multiple people warned them of that both in the media and in the scouting world. And they still went ahead and did it because uh, yeah, you don't think the orange, LSU people, orange and blue glasses. You don't think the LSU people warned Coughlin about Fournette? Of course they did. Yeah. You'd have he was to. literally sitting yeah. out practices for right. weeks. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and as much as uh, he was a force there, he was also an entitled force yes. there. Uh, and, and that's all they had. Remember now, that was when LSU went through. This was pre-Joe Burrow. They went through some really bad quarterbacking, and he was the only thing that they had going offensively. They had, I good, can, I they can, had good receivers. I'm they telling just you right now, I can remember Darius guys sitting there look, talking to me and saying, man, I go to practice. I work with the ones in practice. We go to games, he runs. Mm-hmm. I don't. I sit on the bench. Yeah, that's something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, he was basically uh, the, the guy that was put in there to take the shots. Yeah, so. isn't it nice though that we're, we're having this nice overarching conversation of all is well in Duval? How do we build on it from here? As opposed to some of these other teams in the National Football League, who you know, I, I love because I got the uh, on my Twitter. I have the mm. Schefter and Rappaport alert mm. set. And it's just so nice when I see all these notices about they're interviewing this one. They've been oh, yeah. requested to interview this guy. They fired this guy. Well, None to, of that in this town. Let's do the 10 10 take right now because this is how much it, this is joy in Whoville. Now, Josie's 10 10 take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pitmaster since 68. Sonny's, you definitely want good barbecue. You want it fast. You know that they're doing the job. You know, they put that oak, a little flame to it early in the day so they can smoke it slow and get it to you fast. Make sure you check out Sonny's Barbecue all over the First Coast. So, this time last year, and we'll remind everybody this, we'll do it over and over and over, but Doug Peterson had to go through a second interview. A second interview with this football team before he was hired. This time last year, he still was not the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach. That is where things were a year ago. This time last year, even advance it a couple of weeks, this team wasn't sure who was going to the Senior Bowl to scout potential draft picks. And they had the number one pick in the draft. That's where this team was a year ago and how quickly it can change. And so soak it up. We don't know if it'll last. You hope it will. But this team was going through that coaching carousel, wasn't sure that Doug Peterson was the guy. And remember, there was a all the chatter. The narrative was, who wants to work with Balky? Trent wants to get his guy. And then remember, there was chatter about him getting knocked out and the big report that Adrian Wilson and Byron Leftwich were coming as a combo. All this stuff was happening about this time last year. And here you are. You have now 
you will play consecutive Saturdays in the NFL postseason. Soak it up. That is the 10-10 take. It can change quickly. And it's been brought up, and this is one that was off of the uh, timeline. And this is good players and guys that you didn't really know that were good, but now all of a sudden, you know, like, I'll give it to you because they're not all good. Brock Purdy, Trevor Lawrence, Skylar Thompson, Daniel Jones. Those are the guys that I don't think too many people would have said would be playing in the postseason in the second week of the NFL postseason. Trevor, for obvious reasons, this was a three-win club. Brock Purdy was a third stringer. Skylar Thompson was a third stringer. Daniel Jones was a top six pick that they had basically given up on in New York. And Brian Dable rebuilt him, rewired him, made him the whatever you want to call him, the $6 million man up there, and he's playing on. And the end of this tweet is coaching, coaching, coaching. It matters. That's what has happened here. That's what Mike McCoy and my man Jim Bob Cooter and Doug Peterson, of course, Press Taylor, and on and on and on. You can throw Phil Rauscher into the category because he got credit for crafting the uh, – the, uh, what are we going to call it? I think we need to find out what, what they want to call that play. If Jim Bob says it's maybe the there's T-bone, a bi- maybe I'll there's go a, with it. Maybe there's a bigger one waiting for us out in Kansas City. Oh, it's maybe. called a whirly bird. Yeah. Oh, and thank you, JJ. As, <laughs> as long as it's not that. But that's what's happening here. At least you up to it, man. At least you want to own up to it. Seriously. It was terrible. I would never admit to that. He could have just acted like it yeah, never Yeah, he could have said, I have no idea what you're talking about, man. I got turned around. Oh. By the way, we appreciate 3228 sending us the latest forecast for Saturday night in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, 4 o'clock, again, tip, uh, kickoff coming around 4.30 Eastern time, so it'll be 3.30 local time out there. 4 uh-huh. o'clock, 43 degrees, a feels like of 37, 50% cloud cover, no precipitation. That's balmy. 58% humidity, the dew point of 28. That's balmy. I like that. It's still warmer than it was when we headed out there in November. Yeah. and yeah. Or maybe here Saturday night. <laughs> also that. Also that. So, hey, listen, you know what? We'll take a balmy 43 yeah. in Kansas City. It's going to prepare those big cats for uh, for Buffalo, which probably might be a couple degrees colder. It's kind of right? funny. That- or Cincinnati. Are we sure or Cincinnati. It's be Buffalo? Or yeah. Cincinnati, which I heard was 22 degrees this past week. So, uh, yeah, either way. Yeah, I was going to say. Pack the wool and socks, boys and girls. It is kind of cool that they got a little bit of a, a temperature tune-up. Right here in Duval Saturday night to get ready for that cold. Did you guys Kansas check City the ten ten XL email um, from our boss about the pro, uh, programming schedule for next yes, week? Yes, I did see that. Would you like to reveal it? Would you like to reveal it? Well, he said the Jags are going to be in the AFC Championship game. I so, love it. Yeah. I love it. Which, by the way, Matt brought to our attention earlier today in our group chat. Uh, Inform the people, Matt, of what the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs are doing. The NFL has already informed the Bills and the Chiefs to start selling AFC Championship games to the neutral site. Presumptuous. Well, I mean, it's it's a lot like the it's a lot like the Jags. They told the Jags to sell playoff tickets. Yeah, but if you don't think that's not being used in both those locker rooms, you're out of your mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they think they're going and we're not. Yeah. Dougie, you'll have a little something for him. It's a kiss of death if you ask me, personally. We'll dive into the Chiefs and the Jags matchup. Uh, We, of course, also have Coach Campo stopping by. And I do see I have it pulled up on my computer, and I see Matt does as well. Not that we're talking draft. We're not talking draft on this program. But Dane Brugler's latest mock draft for the Athletic (sighs) has 
quarterbacks being taken by both those other two AFC South teams picking in the top five. So what could that mean for this Jaguars team moving forward? How do they build around it? That and a whole lot more coming up next on 1010XL 92.5 FM. You know, you saw it during the game, uh, just the expression on his face. He never, he never wavered, you know. Um, you know, a play like that's going to happen. You don't want it to happen, but it does. And when it, and when it does, you just you, you shake it off and move on, you move, move to the next play. And he did a great job of that, you know. And, and so that's, uh, that's a credit to, to where he is, you know, from a maturity standpoint in his, uh, in his development. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. When you hear Doug Peterson, you hear calmness, you hear confidence, you hear belief, you hear all those good things, and he's saying the exact same three or four things about his quarterback. Calm, confident, belief. Doug Peterson, that was from his presser earlier today at cut courtesy of Jaguars.com, just talking about that Trevor never wavered. And it's a rare quality. Uh, You hope that what you saw the second half of that football game is Trevor forever. Uh, and barbecue, and if you're out there listening, you might want to go ahead and pin that one, Trevor Forever, uh, because that could be a good uh, Duval T-shirt, that's for sure. The, the, the barbecue is always thinking of whatever we talk about that he can turn into a T-shirt and then wear him up in the noisy north and, and have a big time. Uh, but that's the, 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 the levelness of this guy. And when we talk about we mentioned four guys that absolutely were a surprise coming into the first weekend quarterbacks we mentioned Purdy of course he moves on Daniel Jones moves on Trevor moves on Skylar Thompson at least made things interesting for a while did not move on but you look at the round of eight and you look at these quarterbacks is there any reason not to think that Trevor couldn't be a regular final four on the AFC side a regular elite eight in the postseason if this team can keep it rolling can I read for you the ages Mm -hmm. of the remaining eight quarterbacks there's a bunch of youngsters uh, I need to double-check when Brock Purdy's birthday is. Sorry, mm-hmm. Iowa State fans, I'm failing you there. Um, Trevor Lawrence, 23. Brock Purdy, 23. I don't know which one is younger. That's what mm-hmm. I have to check. Jalen Hurts, 24. Daniel Jones, only 25. Joe Burrow, 26. Josh Allen in Buffalo, 26. Patrick Mahomes, 27. Dak Prescott, 29. Dak Prescott is the oldest quarterback remaining in the NFL playoffs. Yeah, and if you – Looked at the four, and I'm looking back to see if I can find this, but it was Barstool Cat or one of them that was having fun with it. They named the four on the uh, AFC side. Stetson Bennett's older than all of them. <laughs> he, he's older than all of them and still has options that he's looking into collegiately. Who the heck knows? But you, you want that guy that if you think you have him, particularly as, as we were talking about before, under that first contract, to have the savings of a first contract guy, you still have three years of Trevor under that original contract. Leon, if you're just thinking about the money that you got to commit, you're going to go out there. You spent a bunch of money on Christian Kirk. You spent money on Zay. and You're going to have to sign Evan Ingram. All this stuff. It's nice to know that you got your quarterback at least under that first contract. You don't have to, you don't have to like pay him the mounds of money that other ones are getting. Well, I mean, Trevor is in a unique situation. I mean, he's going to be playing a guy this Saturday where when his contract comes into fruition mm-hmm. – He's going to say, we're going to start there. Right. And then we can move forward. Yeah. <laughs> that's, so we're talking about what, $250 million, something Probably like that? Within three bill. years, by, by that time, yeah, that'll be that'll be where they'll start at. Yeah. And then Trevor, if he plays the way he's been playing, he takes his team to playoffs, maybe a championship, even a Super Bowl, something like that. I mean, he's 
He's going to be asking somewhere in the nature of what, 60, 65 million a year, something like that, maybe? This I mean, next, because Patrick Mahomes is making 50. Right. In three years, round, and with inflation, yeah. I'm thinking at least 55. He'll want to just play for the love of the game. Yeah, sure. He'll yeah. probably take yeah. the Tom Brady. Yeah, he's going to give us a hometown discount. Well, how about this? If you go back and you think about yeah. it, and I'd have to go back and look at the timeline, but it's just kind of popping in my head right now. Dak, it seems to me, was the first guy to ask for 40. Mm-hmm. I feel like Dak was the first guy to ask for 40. They were around 33, something in that neighborhood, and Dak put it out there, and everyone flipped, remember? Because he I was remember, a four-year yeah. guy. He was not a five-year guy because he didn't, you know, he wasn't drafted in the first round. And everyone said, and I, I, I'm trying to remember, I think Sir said, you know, this is where it's going and he's going to get it. But they couldn't keep all those guys happy. Zeke, Dak, Amari, all of them. They ended up having to say goodbye to Coop yeah. and, and, and others probably that, that they just didn't, could not afford to keep. But if you can win with a first, a first deal for your quarterback, you're, you're ahead of the game. If you, let's just say, what, even if they don't win this week, okay, mm-hmm. and next, next year rolls around and Trevor Lawrence has 38 touchdown passes mm-hmm. and they get to the AFC Championship game, all right? What do you think he's going to want at the end of year three? Mm-hmm. He's going to want to be the highest paid quarterback in the league. Naturally. Yeah. Yeah. So get ready for it because it's coming. Oh, it's coming. There's no yeah. doubt about that. <laughs> yeah. He will want to be, if he continues to progress right. on how he's trending right now, he will be the highest well, paid quarterback in the okay, league. Okay, so let's let's do this. Uh, what happened in year one for Joe Burrow, ACL? Year two, Super Bowl. Year three, this is going to be the end of it? What yeah. do you think he's going to want? He's back yes. in the postseason. He's going to want to be the highest paid quarterback and, and, in the yeah, league. Yeah. And, and, and uh, unfortunately, say, Tua, it, it didn't happen for him, but if it had kept going, he might have been thinking the same thing. Justin Herbert is definitely thinking right. the same thing. Right. You know, that's going to happen this year. Which of those three gets paid first? I feel like Burrow's the obvious, mm-hmm. but at the like same Herbert, time. Herbert and then Burrow just goes above him. Right. That's that's yeah. one. But then yeah. two. Herbert, Burrow, and then Trevor. They actually mm-hmm. brought it up mm-hmm. on, on the broadcast on Sunday about the financial ramifications for the Bengals mm-hmm. of having so many good young guys. Yeah. And they have spent a little bit in free agency, too. Yeah. So how do they pay Burrow and T. Higgins yeah. and Jamar Chase? Yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot. It really is. Especially with the going price of wide receivers that's right now. That's spaghetti and put chili on top of it up there. That's that's a lot. I and mean, this. hey, how are you going to pay Tyson Campbell and ETN mm-hmm. and Lawrence? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, you can do the same thing with this franchise. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Walker Little. How are you going to pay these guys? And yeah. Cisco. So it's it's coming here too, well, man. I had the conversation yesterday with another well, Jack guy, and is 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 Juwan gone? Is is it? I'll tell you this: like easy it, to assume that. Yeah. I, I How believe. How could he not be right? Well, people people in the building want to keep him. Right. I, just I just don't know financially how you right. can do that. I just believe he's going to get a big contract, and they're not going to be able to match it. That's the only reason I'm thinking you have to. Look back at Walker Little at the right guard I mean, spot. They, they or can't match him. You have to make a decision on 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 Cam health wise. I'm looking at Leon right now, uh, and where- yeah, he, well, he's going to want Cam Robinson money mm-hmm. or more at a right tackle, and essentially you don't pay right tackles more than left tackles. Yeah, and so what Cam contract was what sixty three million something like that. He's going to want seventy. I know his agent. Used to work for me. Yeah, yeah. So, have you heard of him? You've heard of him. <laughs> so I know he's going to he's going to want he's going to want. Big money for Jawan. Plus, you all you also have to see we've got other guys we got to pay. I know soon, and yeah. you need <laughs> capital to pay those guys. You also need guys, and then you, and then you choose what's what's a, what's better value: yeah. a right tackle or a, one of the best corners in the league. Right. 
right? Mm-hmm. And this is honestly, this is where you do give, uh, you know, you give Herb twenty uh, percent credit of, for Walker because he had heard of him. Uh, well, he recruited to... him. He was the number one recruit in the nation. Yeah, yeah. He was in his living room. Yeah, so I, I can report that. And, so and, and, uh, honestly, if you think about it, Herb liked Etn Walker Campbell. I think he liked him as well. Trevor's a no-brainer, but but the decisions that were made. I'm not giving him credit for that. To, no to way. Plan for the bulky. future. I, I'm just you know this is bulky led right now. The decisions that have been made to plan for the future that that they were at the very least anticipating a contract <laughs> negotiation with Cam. They got that done, but they had a backup if they didn't. And now Juwan Taylor, same thing. They got a backup if they don't. And here's a guy that has basically proven he could be a starter in the National. You're, you're giving credit to a guy who forgot. <clears throat> a guy I only who gave was, him 20%. A guy who was on his team in college forgot his yeah. first name when he I got I only gave him 20%. All right. I wouldn't even give him. I wouldn't even and I gave him 20% because he had heard him. I would just give him a the, the Oh, yeah, he sounds good. Let's do that. Yeah, That's he was here. Yeah. I want to shout out, because I was just about to say this, our guy Dell on the text line, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Uh, two words, fellas. Mm-hmm. Compensatory picks. Mm-hmm. I know we don't talk about that a lot. Not around here. Here in Duval County. Uh, but if you do let Jawan Taylor walk for more money, look at that. Well, it's funny because there are so few in the history of this team that have come back to Jacksonville. Compensatory picks gets a little confusing but if you have a player that is signed away in free agency, the NFL will decide at a later date, once everything's settled, they'll award you a compensatory pick to make up for that loss. And it just hasn't happened very often around here because not too many guys have left and been this, this, this player that everyone was itching to, to pluck and signed quickly, and then you got at least a little something back. For and it. for what it's worth, too, you also can game compensatory picks when you have an elite coaching staff. Why do you think the San Francisco 49ers, mm-hmm. or in the case of an elite front office, the case, the Baltimore Ravens, mm-hmm. continue yeah, to get yeah. compensatory picks each year? It's because they are plucked away. And while obviously, again, everything is hunky-dory and happy and harmonious right now and it's clicking on all cylinders here in Jacksonville, let's be real, that's, that's the beauty of being successful is – do some of these coaches leave eventually for greener pastures? Maybe not this year, but down the road. Well, if, if the Acoy, Mike Caldwell, mm-hmm. wants to, aspires to be a head coach, I'm sure Press Taylor does. Not this next cycle, I wouldn't think, but three, four years down the line. Well, just as an example, D'Amico Ryans, because he has been through this coaching interview cycle, at least last year, if not two years, he's been listed and identified as one of those guys who's kind of hot, hot up and comers. He, I think he has like, a half dozen interviews for this week. And so he is going to be a busy, busy cat uh, while he's game planning against the Cowboys. He's also going through those interviews, hoping that he can land a job. And D'Amico's earned a ton of respect uh, for the job that he's done there. Does he still not want to go home to Houston? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That was the word on he's the street. a good street. player there. Word on the street was he doesn't want to go near the Texans. Sean Payton did interview with the Texans yeah. yesterday, yeah. Uh, which is fascinating. Obviously, they have the number two overall pick. Is there something there? Mention the mock thing that you were yeah, going to bring yeah, yeah, up yeah. real yep. quick. So Dane Brugler's um, latest mock draft. Again, we don't talk about mock draft season We don't have here. to. We don't need to because the Jaguars are going to be picking 31st, which is awesome. Um, in his latest mock draft, we'll get to who he has for the Jaguars we're coming say up later. We're 31st. We better say 32nd. No, well, it's thirty first because the Dolphins forfeited their pick. Okay, all right. that, that's, I should have prefaced that. Sorry, I thought I thought I thought that was common knowledge. Yeah. That's on me. That's on me. Sorry. I'm like, I would like them to get. Why to would the you Super break Bowl, the juju like that? Come on. Well. No. Yeah. Oh, me? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, because MJD broke the ring of hell. Remember? 
We're okay. He predicted the Jaguars would come back, so I'm out. Um, <laughs> was in- that why? Why did the dog? Was that because of the firing of Flores, or I don't remember? Yeah. That. Oh no, oh, because of the Stephen, Stephen Ross, Ross with the okay, yeah. bringing Tom Brady. Oh yeah. The, yeah. Yes. Okay. They forfeited their first round pick, so that's why the Super Bowl champion will be picking 31st. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dame Brugler has the Indianapolis Colts trading up from num- from number four to number one overall. They would be sending the Chicago Bears. The number four overall pick, the number 35 overall pick, and a 2024 first-round pick, and they would select Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. Mm-hmm. At number two, the Houston Texans, This w- in this scenario, this would mean AFC South back-to-back at the top of the draft. Will Levis to, con- to the Houston Texans, courtesy of the program. Yeah, look, you can fall in love with that skill set, and, and I do think he, he's got the potential to be a dynamic player. I'd never, I'd never say no to a guy with all of that, but – uh, reaching for not reaching, just the quarterbacks are always going to get pushed to the top, and and, and Bryce Young's going to be picked apart for his size, uh, and whether it's worth it to go number one. But anyway, if they came into the AFC South, uh, who would rule the world? Uh, Trevor would for a while. Which, by the way, we didn't even talk about the fact that uh, Jim Harbaugh has once again had to affirm his allegiance to his alma mater, Michigan. He is not taking the Denver Broncos job. Um, but JJ, uh, have we have we seen any news of if he? has dismissed rumors that he would take the Indianapolis Colts job. No, well, uh, he's just returning to Michigan. So yeah. I guess that takes all the uh, He, he wants jobs. somebody to literally say the job is yours. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to do that. They want to interview other people. Right. He wants to walk in there and someone say, Jim, you're the guy. We're hiring you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But that's and, not how it works. Yeah. And, and and there's there's part of me that if I was him, I'd probably feel same the same thing. way. If, uh, if Michigan's going to pay you $7, 8000000 why not? Right, right. <sighs> Yeah, it, yeah, he always has the fallback plan. You're not suggesting that if you don't have the fallback plan. But did you, I'm trying to remember. You felt like all along that he wouldn't go. Was am I right there as far as what you I, were I knew? So I had people tell me there's no doubt he would listen again mm-hmm. this year, right? And he did. Yeah, but that it would have to be someone where he walked in and they said, "You're our guy." Mm-hmm. Like last year with the Vikings, he went in there thinking, "Okay, you pitch me." When he was supposed to pitch them, yeah, he was waiting for them to pitch him. Gotta love it. Yeah, so he's that's how he is. He's a meme. He's thinking, yeah. look, I, love it. I am who I am. You know who I am. My first three years, I went NFC Championship game, Super Bowl, NFC Championship game with the 49ers. Then the fourth year, Balky and I butted heads when we still went eight and eight, mm-hmm. and I left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what his. It's like Spurrier when they asked him to, to interview for the Gators job again. Yeah. You want my resume? Right. It's yeah. in your trophy case. Exactly. That's Daniel, exactly Daniel the way Day he thinks. Lewis doesn't yeah. go in and like you know try to get the role. They come to Daniel yes. Day Lewis. Yes. Yeah. We need you for this film. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's say, how he thinks. You're our guy. We want you. Right. And until someone pitches him and him not pitching them, he's not going to do All it. Right, uh, Lincoln Two, starring Jim yeah. Harbaugh. I, I want to pitch. I want to pitch, pitch this at Surce, and let's do this uh, coming back because the idea that that game Saturday night was the best this franchise has ever had, and the best. Fan experience, hard to argue. But we asked Leon yesterday, are you going to put this ahead of the Denver game? Are you going to put this ahead of what happened up in Buffalo back in 96, making it to the championship game after beating Elway in, in, in the Broncos? Let's at least sort that out in, uh, in a former pro bowler's mind coming up here in just a second on XL Primetime. saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. 
want to give you all some news and notes from Kansas City as the Chiefs have taken the practice field for the first time this week ahead of their showdown with your hometown Jaguars, who are also currently on the practice field. Uh, the Chiefs have everyone at practice except for Nicole Hardiman, who, as you may recall, missed the first meeting between these two teams yep. week 10. Clyde Edwards-Alaire will also begin practice this week as he was activated off of IR, and ditto to, I want to make sure I got the uh, right first name, Jody Fortson, the mm-hmm. backup tight end for oh. the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, there were four tight, four tight ends to score against Jacksonville right. last time, so you got you got to know who all of them are uh, because that's what that's what Andy Reid does. You're going to try and take something away. He's going to add something to his arsenal, and and you know Kelsey is, is tough to stamp out. You need to have more than one on him. Uh, which makes it very tough. Travis Kelsey, six catches for 81 yards and a touchdown that included a long of 46 in the first meeting between these two sides. Uh, the aforementioned Jody Fortson just had one catch for six yards, but we we can't forget as well, as much as the tight end position has torched this franchise at times throughout their tenure, but also this season, Kadarius Toney, mm-hmm. wow. <laughs> four catches, 57 yards against the Jaguars and a touchdown. Including oh. the widest open touchdown of the season, wasn't it? Yes. How like many? No one was within like thirty yards of him. It like broke all the records. Yeah, how the many, camera. How many total? So one person. So how many total touchdowns do you think Kadarius Tony has caught this year? What is he in that four range? Something two. Like? Two. Okay. He has caught was, two. Uh, mm-hmm. He he has one rushing score. Um, mm-hmm. how many total receiving yards? Again, um, he has uh, he had fifty seven receiving yards against the Jaguars. He's doubled it. How ma- how many do you think he has had? During his Since? tenure. Oh, just the whole time there? Yes. 450. 171. Yeah, double. Wow. It. Yeah. And, and, but they put him in little positions to make plays. And the thing is, is that he was an ab- he was a loss up in New York. And even Dable, who did so much for Daniel Jones, they just said, eh. You know, and they just, they just let it happen. He's and on that fence. Say goodbye. How many games has he even played? Yeah. Tony? So he was, Since then, yeah. He's always battled, not always, but battled injuries quite a bit over the last couple of years. That's what kind of haunted him. Uh, up in New York. He has played seven games with the Chiefs, started mm-hmm. four of them. He played two games and started one with the Giants before being traded. Yeah. Yeah. He started four games with the Chiefs and has 150 yards receiving? 171. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so, Big yep. Sirs. Yo. We said it. Biggest mm-hmm. game. Now, every, everyone Big. left Saturday night and said, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And you've heard it. We all have talked mm-hmm. about it. Fifth quarter was still lit at 3 a.m., but, like, we'll probably put this in a Twitter poll form either today or tomorrow, but I'm thinking to myself that there are other games that, that are just as big as this one. Yeah, I mean, we could be prisoners of the moment, and I was too, especially during the fifth quarter because I had never seen anything like that before. I would never seen a team go down 27 points yeah. in a playoff game and come back and win it and in the fashion in which they won it. I mean, you can't point it to anything particular – that the Chargers did wrong and the Jaguars did right, except move the ball and stop them mm-hmm. on third down. Yeah. And I'll score them towards the end. So um, I put this game right up there with 96. I don't put it over 96 because – only reason why I don't put it over 96 is because the Jaguars were hosting mm-hmm. the Chargers. True. And we had to go on the road. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot expected out of us going on the road. I think in both games, the Buffalo game and the Denver game – we were double-digit underdogs yes. in, both, in both games. And they didn't give us a chance at all, especially in Denver. I mean, if you remember that year, the Broncos were 14-2. and two. They had this high-power offense, John Elway, Terrell Davis, all that kind of stuff. They were averaging 
I don't know, somewhere like what, 30, 30, and they 30 had some the points a game or something. They had the and they had the week off in the bye. And then no one expected us to do anything. And we went down 12. We went toe-to-toe with them, and we, we won in spectacular fashion. And another reason why I'm going to keep 96 at the top is has nothing to do with the game. It's what happened after the game that made it so spectacular. So we're on the plane flight after we won the game, right? We're drinking a little something. something. Of course, we're grown men. Yeah, we're yeah. celebrating a little bit, whatever. So the pilot gets on the, the speaker. He says, hey, uh, fellas, I think um, you'll be surprised to see. We're going to do a flyby over the stadium. You'll be pleasantly surprised to see what's out there. We're like, what is he talking about? So he does a flyby over the stadium, and all the guys got their heads out the window. The stadium is lit, and over half, almost half the side of the stadium have fans in it. And I'm like, and it's 1 o'clock in the morning, bro. It's 1 o'clock in the morning, 1.30 in the morning, and about 30,000 Jaguar fans are there. So we're like, wow. So we get on the bus. Coach Garner says, hey, listen, we're going to go – we're going to go inside the stadium and greet these fans. They were supporting us, this and that, whatever. So while we're on the bus, bro, and, and fans, they recognize that it was our team, people were literally pulling on the side, on the highway, on the side of the highway, honking their horns, saying, go Jack. Now, bro, this is 1.30 in the morning, bro. This is 1.30 in the morning. And this is also pre-social media. Yes, this is pre-social. Oh, if this would, this would have been trending. If this was yeah. social media, it would have been trending. <laughs> So we get to the people stadium. would have been Facebook live, oh, Instagram yeah. live. Oh, it was a Leon, thing. you would appreciate. So as we're standing waiting to go into the Jags locker room on yeah. Saturday, I was on Instagram posting all of our ten ten stuff. And as I'm posting, I start getting ding ding notifications of Travis Etienne is now live. Mm-hmm. Tyson yeah. Campbell is now live. Andre Cisco is now live on Instagram. Yeah, what good. would it have been like? So finish well, your we, story. Well, yeah. So we get off the bus, right? So I don't think I wanted, wanted to go live if it because <laughs> me and Nate Dog had a few. While on the plane, so, so we get off the bus. This man. is why I had to interrupt. Oh, by the way, yeah. we needed the answer. Yeah, me and Nate though we, we tore up, but Michael Hughes found us and told us he wanted us to speak with us. Have no idea. You could probably find this video. I, I had no Dominic idea what Darius I said. Probably has. And I had Actually, my hat like right to my eyes, and I said something, whatever. Fedora. Yeah, I had the fedora right nice. to cover my eyes, and I said something. The crowd went crazy, but that's the only way. That's that's what Dave Waddell say the favorite famous thing. Do you believe in miracles? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. he actually did it better than Al Michaels uh, that, that uh, particular I time. will say this, though, honestly. They win this weekend. They might have the same thing coming back this weekend. Oh, yeah. Every night I, might be the same thing. I, 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 I believe you on that one. Yeah, Absolutely. It would rival it. They There's beat no the Chiefs. They'll open up the stadium, championship game. They yeah. will. But you know what, what, what some of my former teammates say if this Jaguar team happens to go to the Super Bowl, right? What? That, that – Guys like vanish? me, we dis- we disappear. <laughs> we're like we're like ancient relics. We're, we're, they're totally forget about us. But uh, you have long said though, Leon, that that's that's part that, of your that, goal. Exactly, that's the goal. it is. It is. If 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 you love this franchise the way I love this franchise, guys like guys like us need to be replaced. Okay, so if you guys if the Jags win the Super Bowl the next Monday, you won't be here. Well, I don't want to lose my job. I'm sitting in. I don't want to lose my job. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, uh, hey, but if you want the franchise to grow over the next five, ten, whatever years, man, guys like us got to go, man. Let, so I'll be these young Walker saying, I told all these guys you'd be here, man, eventually. Yeah, exactly. Walker Little can be heard uh, yeah, be- on the uh, Kingfish Pest Control commercials <laughs> yeah, here on 1010XL. Yeah. And he tells me he believes he has a voice for radio. Hey, listen, so. 10 years from now, there's will be – I don't know what y'all – Lunch with Leon. How you gonna replace that? You ain't gonna replace that. No. Never. Yeah. You're Never. Gonna do it. Never. All right, now it'll be lunch with Leon starring Walker Little. Is what it'll be. Oh, so, I like that. So Dang. if we did, if we did the Twitter poll now, okay, right now, ninety six Jags versus the Broncos. 
Mm-hmm. Of course, 22 Jags versus the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I would put 17 Jags versus the Steelers. 23 Jags, Chargers. Probably. Well, but it's the 22 team. Okay. Yeah, because it's the 96, because that was in 97, but 96 team versus 96 Jags versus the Broncos. 17 Jags versus the Steelers, because that was 45-42. Was that not an electrifying game? Yes. Uh, and then you'd go uh, this year against the Chargers. What would be the fourth one? Would it be the Bills game in 96, or would you go it has when – to be the Bills game. What about when the Jags beat the Steelers uh, with David Garrard in that run? And I know, but the Bills game, the Bills were still right at the edge of, you know. So we would take two out of the out of the 96. I was just trying I mean, to spread it plus, out just the, Plus the way they, like, just dominated that team. Yeah, you know, did. we don't have room for five. So it was, it was JJ, Bruce Smith. I'm leaving it up to you guys. Which yeah. one? What's the last one? All right, uh, on the text line between now and when we uh, come back, you will help us with that fourth one because it could be the win with the David Garrard scramble over the Steelers and Freddie doing what what Fred did, um, or we'll include both '96 games. All well, right. The sixty-two-seven was was that's pretty, pretty dang good too. You know, what? I mean, it was that, good, but it was also just. I mean, at, at, when yeah, it got the, to like the forty to seven, you're kind of like, all right. Yeah, but that's the biggest, honestly, postseason biggest victory ever. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just I like the game. I like yeah. the, the the tight games, the close games. Oh, Those of are course, way better. Yeah, mm. we got some submissions game. on the uh, text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. This all one, right. courtesy of sixty-nine thirty-six, Kevin from the mm. OP. He says the Garrard scramble win. Is his suggestion. He also says that the '96 yeah. and '99 team will never be forgotten, even if the Jaguars go to and win a Super Bowl. Circe, you are a founding father. Mm. You are cemented in our history. All right, so I, I really do like that 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 Gerard scramble. So, all right, so once you guys hit it on the text line, as I'm a lifetime closures, we'll set up our Twitter poll coming up here in just a second. Big Circe, enjoy the rest of the afternoon. All right, you got it. All right, he is out. We keep it rolling. Uh, thanks to Beaver Chevy. We roll, we roll, we roll. Beaver Toyota. You can find both of them online. Beaver Toyota St. Augustine.com. Beaver Chevrolet.com. They bring you Tuesday's show right here on XL Primetime. Keep voting. This is XL Primetime. Brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Your 1010XL question of the day brought to you by the good folks at Beaver Toyota. Now live on the Twitter machine. That's at 1010XL. What is the greatest Jaguars playoff game of all time? I appreciate J.J. LaSelva's choice of photos on this one, boys. Beautiful. Because it ain't easy. It ain't easy. Now he put four pictures up. If you're a dire Jaguar fan, you absolutely know which games he's talking about. But you can offer up. A different suggestion, if you want. They only allow four photos, so it's open ended. Yeah. If you want the, if you if want, it was the Bills, Jags, nine to six, or whatever it was. Well, right, or if well, you want, or if you want the Garrard scramble, but, you yeah, can we're, put we're, that in there as well. Yeah, we're saying playoff game. Well, that, that was yeah. a playoff game. Yeah. Right, nine, that's yeah. not one of your pictures, though. Yeah, no, I'm saying nine six was not. Well, whatever yeah. the oh. score yeah. was with Koyak, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, low yeah the Bills game, yeah, yeah. the Bills to 2017, the right. Bills 1996, whatever you believe is the greatest Jaguar playoff game of all time. Hit us up on Twitter at 1010XL with your reply. So one of them says 96 winning Buffalo. Are you kidding me? That Buffalo team had basically just been in four Super Bowls, and you're going back in time, and that definitely had one of the greatest moments. Uh, they didn't. 
Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Reed, Tasker, Bennett, Bruce, on and on and on. Jags went in there and handled those dudes in their own house. It's got to be that game. Uh, and then my man Scoggs, uh, he, he chimes in. He goes, I was at that garage scramble game, which was back in the mid-2000s, 2007, which we'll have Coach Campo uh, in just a bit. He'll be able to chime in on that one. I honestly would put that one up there uh, because of the atmosphere, the elements going up there and beating the Steelers. Uh, but he writes uh, – it might only be that one ranking ahead of Saturday because Saturday was at home, celebrated NRCs for 15 minutes after the game uh, with the section folks that have been miserable with us during the losses over the years. Uh, and then he said, I got hit with a snowball and survived tons of angry Steelers fans, which I know there had to be a lot of angry Steelers fans leaving that particular game. Uh, you could go in 07 against Pittsburgh. You could go in 17 against Pittsburgh, uh, 96 with both the Bills and the Broncos. The beat down over the Dolphins, 62-7, to that's got to be among the greatest memories because they beat down the Miami Dolphins and then obviously coming from 27 back to win this one. So just put a reply in there, at 1010XL on social media. Uh, hit any one of us on our social media accounts. Argue your, your, uh, your game or whatever your thought is and vote on that. Mine is 31-17 to against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good one. I, I, I like. That. I, lo- I love yeah. that one. Yeah. That was one of my favorites, JJ. Yeah. I like. Awesome. I, I love like you. Nostradamus. Mahomes goes down yeah. with an injury in the first quarter, and uh, that, well, wait, never but Chad Henney's the backup, oh, isn't that. he? Oh, I would love that. You JJ know, Domus. Yeah. Chad Henney's the backup. That would be the ultimate redemption yeah. arc. Oh yeah. yeah. So Jaguar. Fantastic. Yep. So Jaguar. We don't. We don't wish ill will on Patrick. You have to. Just get him when he's at his best, man. Right. Just a thumb. No, we don't. We just. We just want to be. Uh, that's it. That's all we want. I like that's how Patrick your QB Mahomes. elevates. I, right. Patrick Mahomes is my favorite player in the NFL. I couldn't agree more. But no, I, I think he's electric. I what are you saying? But he's got to go. He's got to take an L sometimes. Somebody has to go home and cry. You know what I mean? So um, I want to get to this one off the text somebody line. Somebody has to go home and cry. Thank you, right. Leon. I want to get to this one off the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures because Joe, Matt, mm-hmm. JJ, we have another nooner uh-huh. who is admitting. They left at halftime. It's tough. It really is. I applaud all of you that are admitting it. Like, I mean, I wouldn't, but good for you. Um, 1582 says, Mia, I want to tell the world that I left at halftime last Saturday. But I'm going to Arrowhead this Saturday to atone for my sin. Let's go Jags. Um, I'm not sure. Superstitions. Do do we want this person there? I don't know, but I'm glad that he's he's digging in the pocket and going. If it gets out of of hand, we want him to leave. Yes. There's lots of good barbecue to be had. We know what the backup plan is, so we're in the clear. Exactly. I mean, you know the strategy and what's required of you, uh, so go get it, man. Uh, And and by the way, when he comes back and gets in amongst, uh, say, Bolt City Brigade, if he gets thrown in the circle, he's going to have to admit to it. Okay, that that's what he did, that he left the game early. Now, here's one off the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. I was nine years old in 1996, so I don't remember it. I love the 2017 Steelers game and what just happened Saturday night in Duval uh, Magic game. So I remember things from when I was nine better than I do like yesterday. Yeah, probably. Yeah, well, that's (laughs) that's another story for now. But there are just so many good ones. It's hard, really. I almost went there, Jay. Yeah. Hard really to argue with any of these games because that that singular moment. Uh, think of what Jimmy Smith did against Denver. Think of the Brunel scramble against Denver. Think of what I, I get all that, but yeah. we're talking about twenty-seven nothing. I know you're down twenty-seven nothing at home. I know, but that that game up in Denver puts you in an AFC Championship. I game get all of that. Two years into your franchise, I get all of that. But the 
place was packed. It's a primetime game. It was great. It's never been more excitement maybe ever for this yeah, franchise. It's a coming out party for and you go down, Yeah, you go down 27-0. But it's like we, we always joke, if you finish second in the Miss America, you're not ugly, okay? So this one is right, still right. pretty good, all right? It depends on which way you're going to put them. But if you just start stacking it up, the enormity of what happened in the second half of this game oh my God. was just unreal. And we just did, uh, like, if, if you think about, like, the idea of coming back from that is unfathomable. It wasn't it really fluky is. either. Right. Like, like fluke, bad turnovers didn't happen to the yeah. Chargers. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just they literally just scored three played points. D and scored. Yeah, yeah. And they stop, 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 score, score, score. That's basically what happened. We haven't gotten to talk about it yet. And mm-hmm. Coach Campo is going to join us at 2. So we are going to mm-hmm. br- circle back and bring it up with him because I was informed by our boy Spielberg, Graham Marsh, mm-hmm. that this was one of the first topics of conversation that Coach Campo wanted to dive into when mm-hmm. he sat down for the fifth quarter yeah. on Saturday night. The Jets sweep that resulted in the near-lost fumble on the part of the Los Angeles Chargers, which many Chargers reporters are now pointing to, that was the ch- turning point. Because obviously That's then— That's when they said, Joe Lombardi, pack your crap up and get out. It but, was third and one. If they get that first down, the Jags probably don't get the ball back before yeah. half. Correct. And instead they go for the jet sweep, mm-hmm. of which uh, the Chargers on jet sweeps this year are averaging— Negative yardage. Yeah, to add insult to injury, Joe C. and Matt <laughs> hey, and when, JJ. That's when they go, you know, no one's going to be expecting this. I mean, this. to be fair, they couldn't run the ball. Yeah, No they one's going to be expecting right. this. We're really bad at this. They couldn't, right, correct. They couldn't, well, well yeah. to that point, yeah. maybe that would have worked if the player, the play was intended for, mm-hmm. was on the field. Yeah. That play was intended, according to Daniel Popper of The Athletic, for Mike Williams. Mike Williams was not in Jacksonville. Yeah, he didn't travel. Better yet. If Mike Williams isn't in the game because he has missed time this year with some injuries, DeAndre Carter is supposed to be the player on the jet sweep. DeAndre Carter wasn't on the field. So you had the backup to the backup who had never run the play before outside of one or two practices. Mm-hmm. And even then, we don't know if they actually ran the play. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, look, it, that, that's, that's why, where, that's that's why, why you don't run the fired. quarterback sneak in week 11 last year because you never practiced it. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that. He mm-hmm. yeah. wasn't ready. <laughs> well, I just I just feel like there are singular moments that you may say, you know what, uh, that's it. I've had it. You know, but that team, that Chargers team, now they dipped from last year to this year, and I don't have the numbers right here in front of me, but I'm just kind of going off memory. They were fifth in yardage last year, dipped to eighth this year. They were top five in scoring, dipped to 11th this year. So they haven't scored as much uh, as they did a season ago. When Lombardi, by the way – was one of the guys that this town mentioned about this time last year. Interview Joe Lombardi because the carousel of interviews was taking place. That was when Shad and Tony and Balky and all of them were going and interviewing everybody. Uh, and, heck, you go back and you look at one of our texters pointed out one of the stories that was written by the Jaguar faithful when Byron left, which was thought to be the coach and then not selected the coach. It was written as a fail here in Jacksonville that you could have brought him home. That all happened in February, not in January, in February. Doug wasn't hired until way after that. Senior Bowl had already taken place, and Doug Peterson was not hired. So that gives you an idea of the timeline. Off the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, Jags were down by 12 in that Broncos playoff game. So they came back from double digits in that bad boy against John Elway and company. So you have your top game. I'm not going to try and take that away from you. Whichever one you pick is fine. 
can't. Yeah, I, 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 just, I don't know how you get away from that one this past weekend. I know, but there's recency bias, there and is. there's also that there feeling is. that whatever one person thinks, he's got to make everyone else think the same thing. Do and, I do that? And we've had that before. <laughs> and, and, and so we've got to, like, whatever you got, because honestly. Me? I think if, if Trevor becomes what we think he's going to become, we will look back at this one this past Saturday legendary. as, like, the beginning. Yeah, legendary. Even if they lose this weekend. I think that what we saw was Trevor's coming out party and the beginning of what we hope is to because be it, a it, lot it, more like, playoff. Just game. to go back real quick to the Denver Bronco game. The Brunel, scam, uh, Brunel scramble and the Jimmy Smith plays in that game Led exactly like you're saying, JJ. Led to a four-year right. basically spot in the postseason. If you think about what happened in in '05 and '07 with Fred and, and David Garrard and those guys, and Jimmy kind of at the tail end you know, with the first game, that led to them getting back into the postseason. Seventeen, that 45-42 game led them to the AFC Championship game. I know J- Jaguar fans would love to have seen it continue more than just one year. But that was a great game. Well, to JJ's point, and shout out to uh, the boys at Sports Grid TV. I was on there this morning with uh, Big Ten Ben Stevens. Mm-hmm. First time meeting a fellow Big Ten aficionado who did not actually attend a Big Ten university. Um, uh, what I said to them when they kept asking me, what was the turning point of the season? What was Trevor Lawrence's coming out party? They, they kept asking me, and I just kept coming up with multiple answers. Because you can point to that Ravens game. That was certainly... Mm-hmm. You know, the, the game where with 11 seconds left, they charge, march down the field. Yeah. You could even point to the Raiders game. Raiders because and finally, yeah. finally, they ended the five-game snide, and they also had a comeback win, which, of course, the big knock on Trevor was he can't come back. He's not actually a fourth-quarter quarterback. 17 in, in that game, too. Or do you now look at this weekend? And this is the moment. And I think that that's a really fun conversation we'll be having for years to come. Mm-hmm. Coach Campo, coming up. Let's say hello to him. Let's uh, say thanks to Beaver Chevrolet, Beaver Toyota. They bring you today's show. They've got great deals, great people, great service department to back up that brand-new or pre-owned purchase. Check out all the levels and layers when you're making a buying decision. Beaver Toyota, St. Augustine.com, beaverchevrolet.com. So we've got our head coach coming in, fired up. Now he is part of a playoff team, your Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's welcome in XL Primetime's coach, Dave Campo. Let it play. This magic moment. What a magic moment, Saturday night. People are loading up on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosure saying that one was as special as it gets. So let's say hello to the magic man, Coach Dave Campo. Good to see you guys. And, and let me just bring out a couple things. Number one, uh-huh. number one. This didn't happen until this magic moment became my song coming it's in true. here. Don't it's ever true. forget that. That's a great point. That's true. this year, okay? And number two, that guy that called in or texted in and yeah. said he left at halftime, Yeah. well, he needs to leave at halftime again <laughs> along with Mia. <laughs> Mia's not even going to be at the game. Are you going to be at the game, I Mia? I am going to be at the game. Well, no. then leave no, with no. three minutes left no, in the no, football no. game. Well, no, that, and that's part of our routine, right? <laughs> yeah. So exactly. I'm, I'm good. They were coming back when I was in the press box. It's yeah. now Coach Campo and I have our routine because yeah. I'm allowed on the field post-game for big moments because mm-hmm. I have the access. And so uh, to get down to the press box before the coaches take over the yep. elevator, when they made the announcement, I, I looked at Coach Campo and he said, Hit it. Get out. Get Hit out. It. That's all right. It's our cue. That's our music. So so let's at least start there, okay? Because you, you got to jump in real quick on, you know, that voting that we just had, which you, you can go to at 1010XL and JJ put up four great playoff wins. Now, just keep this in mind. 
this is a postseason playoff game we're talking about. Not a regular season game because there have been many great games. But the best that you've seen in the postseason from this team. And we threw out four possibilities. Just so happens you're very familiar with a lot of these. And you were around in 2007 as part of that squad uh, with Jack Del Rio that went up to Pittsburgh. But what do you say to this argument? Well, uh, coming from me, you know, the, the obviously the 96 team was similar to mm-hmm. this one mm-hmm. from the standpoint that, you know, they came out of nowhere. Yeah. Okay. But it was new to everybody. Now it's gone. And, and I love the 2007 game. I was yeah. in it. Yes. You know, and Garrard, that run that he made. And, and of course, Rasheen Mathis ran one in for a touchdown exactly. in the first half. To end the first it half. Was a, uh, there were a lot of, you know, that was exciting and it was great to win that one. But when you've gone through the frustration that this team has gone through mm-hmm. for the last, since 2007, right. Right. The, you're not going to find a better one than this and, past Saturday. And down, like you were done. That's what I'm saying. Down it's that over. Far. You're I on mean, the mat. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, there's only been three of them. You, the Jaguar fans might never see one like this again. So mm-hmm. you have to look at this. I have to say that's the most exciting Playoff Greatest game, playoff game you've maybe ever seen. in history. So, so you've been, you've preached forever about the score at the end of the first half, and they got it. I think just as as important was the Chargers get the ball, they go right down the field to the thirty-eight. First and ten, Jags thirty-eight, incomplete, incomplete, incomplete. Because the press, the, the press, the rush, the rush got to him. The rush from that defense on those three plays, where, he, where the last two, I think, if he threw short, he threw he threw a little flare. Tried to both. throw a screen. Yeah. Because that's all they had. They couldn't – the, the rush was there. There it is. So that's where the game changes. They have to punt. Yep. You go 14 plays, 89 yards, and it's a different game. You know how we say if you score before the half and you have the ball in the second half and it's if you, you get dip. a double dip. Yeah. Well, in a way, Tony Dungy said it. When I rewatched the game on TV, Tony Dungy made the comment that they asked him, what do you think Doug Peterson is saying in the, at, at halftime? And – he said, well, I'll tell you what I would have said. This first two drives of the second half are the most important two drives of the game because you're on defense. Get a three and out and score, and now you're in position now where you've got a chance to come back because it's manageable. It's manageable game at that time. And that's what they did. They came out. They got three and out, scored a touchdown. Now they're in position to have a shot to run it. And, and, you know, have a chance to make plays. But that was huge. And, and the difference in the second half to me defensively was that when they tried to run the ball, not only were they not able to run it, but it was tackles for loss. They were losing yards, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. they kicked, you know, they right. tried a first down to run some plays, and it was second and 12, second and 13. Yeah. And then, of course, that fumble uh, on the on – the, uh, Jet sweep. Jet sweep. I mean, that was a, a huge play because, you know, Doug said at halftime, he said, I told them, you know, we need to get some stops and we have to score every time we get the ball. Yeah. Well, if they make that first down right there, you don't score at the end. You, of the you might not score. Yeah. So it, it was huge. It's big. Not to mention that first touchdown drive of the second half, seven minutes and 17 seconds. And that combined with Coach Campo, and I didn't even get to talk to you about this stat because you had already headed back here to 1010XL headquarters. This was actually brought to my attention by some of the PR staff. Did you see what the Jaguars were on third down on yeah. Saturday night? Yeah, ugly. Two of two ten. ten. Yeah. However, they were two of eight 
or she, it was a two of eight or zero oh of seven. Zero oh of seven. seven the start, oh of seven at the start, eight. and then they got to two and eight. Yeah, they just weren't in third down right. in the second half, and that right. is something you have been preaching all year long. So my question for you is, offensive, defensively, since a lot of the defensive players wouldn't tip their cap as to what exactly changed. What did you see change at halftime on either side of the ball? Well, first of all, on defense, uh, they, they were going to be a little bit more aggressive. Right. They had to be. And, you know, that's, that's I don't know if it's 50-50. It just depends on how good their offensive line is or whatever. But you have to be more aggressive. And they were, whether it was putting extra pressure on, because they ran a lot of five-man pressure in the second half, or just what we were talking about, about the aggressiveness of the front against the running game to force him to throw the ball to get in mm-hmm. those situations. So that that in itself changed. Offensively, if you remember correctly, on the last drive before the half and a couple of drives into the half, what did they do? They ran swing passes to ETN. And that's the same thing as trying to stay out of third and long. Right. Get him the ball in open space. Him Let him make some run. plays. Yeah. Yeah. You know, move the chains. Get yourself in the position. Yep. And then, you know, everything else just comes down to – you know, they, they had a third down and, and eight, and, and uh, they get a, a person, a, a rough-in-the-passer penalty. Keeps the drive going. They go down and score. Mm-hmm. There's things that happen for you when you're in a roll, when everything is going well, and that's kind of what happened in the second half. The offense got rolling, and, and Trevor got hot, and that's what makes him a, a generational quarterback because he was over to overcome what happened in, mm-hmm. in, the, in the first half of the game. All right, so Coach is going to hang out with us. We're going to keep it rolling because you got a bunch that you got to get into. Uh, you're heading to the locker room. Yes, sir. Uh, 2.45, Trevor Lawrence meets with the media and then other locker room availability to follow. You can keep it locked on the 1010XL social and YouTube channels. Yeah, that way you can keep up with everything. If you if you talk to Doug Peterson, you tell him that fourth and one call is number one in my all-time <laughs> Big calls in history. Well, you did hear, too, and yeah. apparently this was elaborated a little more this morning, that Rousher designed the play. Yeah, that's, I, heard that, I heard that on the radio. Yeah. Now, yeah. I was yeah. informed today, too, that a lot of your the run plays you've seen this year, that, that's his area of expertise, right, which exactly. I think is going to be so fascinating, especially since, again, our thanks to Mike McCoy for joining us earlier in the program. Yeah. We hear so much about that 2017 Eagles Super Bowl run and the brain trust they had at quarterback and on offense. And, well, this person was responsible for these situational plays, and this one's responsible for this. It is going to be so fascinating, you know, when this season does come to a close and we find out who was actually responsible for what because there are so many talented dudes on that staff. When when the story is written, Jim Bob Cooter will lead the way as far as the guy making all all the decisions. All right, now, J.J., you've got a decision. I think this is – is this, this is the you? coolest giveaway of all yeah. time, by is the way. Is this you that's going to be yeah, doing this Yeah, this is show? like Inception right here. Okay. Um, a pair of tickets to J.J. Gray's Blackwater Sore Review, yeah. including the Brothers of a Feather on April 14th at the St. August Amphitheater. So it's a while away, but I'm willing to give you the tickets right now if you are caller number four at 641-1010. This is XL Primetime, protected by preferred roofing on 1010XL. Our head man, Dave Campo, hanging out with us in this 2 o'clock hour. Joe C., Matty Hayes, you can check out his stuff at SaturdayDownSouth.com. Mia headed down to the locker room. Uh, Coach and I will fire off a Campo and Joe podcast a little bit later on. And appreciate all, all, all of Duval uh, and beyond that tune in to check out either on Facebook Live or wherever we post the podcast or wherever you listen to it. Uh, but check out Campo and Joe. Now, Coach. A confident 
Dave Campo. He is. He is. Very confident Dave Campo right now. I'm trying. It's like there's a thousand things running through my head, and others are a thousand more running through his head that I want to ask him. But we were having the discussion about, you know, the greatest playoff game that this team has ever had or these fans have ever experienced. And we threw the 96 Bills game up there. Uh, We need to get back to this game Saturday night. But you even had a connection to that 96 Bills team because that's the team that because they were able to – you know, they, that's the team that you guys had faced in the Super Bowl. You knew that team very, very well. Yeah. You know, I mean, all the games that you mentioned are big, Yeah, you know, for the franchise. And But I just like this one because of what the fans have gone through and what the organization has gone through for an extended period of time where, you know, after the 96, uh, after they went to the NFC Championship, Everybody thought that they were going to be in the Super Bowl next year. It didn't happen. Right. 2017, everybody thinks they're going to get to the Super Bowl. Doesn't happen. Yeah. Hadn't been back. You know, and then, but other than that, nothing has happened. Yeah. And so this was such a big deal, you know, it, that makes it even more strong. Uh, JJ, give them the Twitter poll uh, one more time so they can get to it. They, if, they, if, if you have a nomination, if you want to vote for any one of them, uh, or if you're voting for one Saturday night, just let us know uh, on social media. Yeah, question of the day brought to you by Beaver Toyota of St. Augustine. What is the greatest Jags playoff game of all time? Uh, a lot of people are saying the Steelers 2017. My first away playoff game was the Steelers game, and the first time seeing snow took a bus there and back was a long drive crying face. Uh, a lot of people, we just witnessed it. A lot of people uh, for this Saturday's game, a lot of prisoners at the moment. Hard to argue. It really is hard to argue because, as Coach said, are you ever going to see anything like that? We can go back to Warren Moon and the then Houston Oilers going up big against the Buffalo Bills. Was that 31-3, right? Was, yeah. It was, that's what it was, right? 31-3? Uh, it was a 32-point total. Thir- yeah. so it must have been 35-3. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. That sounds Frank right. Frank Reich. Yeah, yeah, and Frank Reich led them and, back. on, And that's the one five that touchdowns, when they kept going, right, that's the right. team that Coach and them saw. Right. Uh, in, in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, so. right. Right, right. So before we go any further, Live Golf, by the way, and the CW are close to announcing multi-year broadcast deals. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, that's put that, in your, put that in your hat a little bit. Oh, we'll yeah. That that'll, that'll have me shaking we'll get to my that, We'll get to that yeah. down, your, down the road. Yeah. All right, Dave. Um, so before we came back from the break, you sounded very confident. You sounded like a guy who thinks um, that not only is it going to be a dub this weekend, but it could be bigger than just a dub this weekend. Well... It will be bigger if they win because of the fact that they're going to the AFC championship game. But as far as uh, the excitement is concerned, I don't know if you can beat this. No, last no, I mean, one. like, you you were talking in the break, like, you yeah. think they can win this week. Well, well, you know, I said on the show last week that I thought that, it, it, to be honest, that the matchups favored San Diego. Right. But oh, in no mm-hmm. way did I feel like this team doesn't feel like they can beat anybody. Right. And that's a big factor, you know. And uh, I think the way they're looking at the game in, you know, you say you don't look back, but you really do look back a little bit. And without the turnovers, which was the same thing as our first Titans game and playing them again. Right. If we don't get the turnovers in the first game, it's an uglier score. Right. Okay, because they did move the ball on us, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this is a different defense now. And so to me – the matchups may be better on that side, but the the want to, I believe, is in favor of this team. And so it would not surprise me in any way, shape, or form 
that they win that uh, Jags win the game. It, it's just I, I've been in situations where you know in '95 we didn't have as good a team as we did in '92 and '93. But that team in '95, when we went to playoffs, they believed they were going all the way, and that's what they did. Mm-hmm. Confidence, confidence can, can rule the day. That's for sure. All right. So before we and we'll just ask you just a little bit about the Chiefs and the difference in this team that they you know that played them earlier versus now, but. The difference in the defense, Coach, in the second half Saturday night, what did – did you see anything that Mike Caldwell 100% did different? Because for the L.A. Chargers to score 27 and then only score three more after that, three more in 30 minutes of ball, what did happen? Well, you know, you can go all out and say, well, they did this, they did that, they did this. They really didn't do much different other than being more aggressive okay. with some of the five-man pressures and stuff like that. We didn't turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a huge difference. That, that's a huge difference for the defense. You know, they were, they were able to pressure them a little bit more, stop the run, force them to throw the ball in the second half, and they did that by, I think, the guys rising up mm-hmm. as much as any changes in scheme or anything. Right. And, and that combined with them not turning over the ball, I believe if we hadn't have thrown four interceptions and the guy hadn't gotten hit, in the helmet, you know, if we hadn't had those, right. we would have won this game handily, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It, that was a huge factor because they had short fields in that first half, and we were being a little bit more conservative defensively. They, yeah, they barely had 300 yards. Yeah. Right, because if, if you say, hey, by the way, the, the final score was 31-30 and one team had five turnovers, you, you know, which one? Yeah, I mean, come on. Which one would you have picked? And yeah. you wouldn't have expected it to be that close. Yeah, and and so to me, I think they do a great job of going into halftime, calm, cool, collected, starts with the head coach. I think Caldwell has simplified the defense enough that he knows exactly where the mistakes are being made, if there's mistakes being made. Mm-hmm. He's got a better feel for how to fix anything based on the fact that they're not doing a lot of things and a little bit – more aggressive approach, knowing that they had to create the third and longs and give themselves a chance to get off the field for the offense. Right, so this is going to sound very rudimentary, okay? How do you start faster? perfect for XL Prime. How do you start faster? How do you avoid Boy. going down 10 nothing, 17 nothing, 27 nothing? You you do realize in the game against Kansas City the last time they were behind in the second, first yes, half. Yes, yes. And then they came back and got, got it close. Uh, I, don't know. Nothing. I don't know what the answer is. I know that, that uh, you know, if I'm an offensive coach, I'm thinking I'm going to get an advantage in the first drive because it's scripted. Yeah. So I think I've got a pretty good chance. But for some reason, we just don't start fast. And it would be nice if we did. You know, I think that that would make it – it would be nice for the fans. Because first drive of the third quarter, they start less, fast. They're be, best in the NFL. Then. Yeah, I, I think we'd, be, we'd have a little less agita if we didn't give up a bunch of stuff, <laughs> you know, in the first half. But, hey, that's, a, that's who we are. That's what, Dick, uh, what Doug said in the uh, locker room. Mm-hmm. Guys, it looks like this is the way we are. Right. This is the way we are. we got to come back, and this is, this is how we're going to do it. We're not going to turn the ball over anymore. We're going we're gonna, to uh, chip away a defense, get some stops. We score. 
we're going to win. And even in the Tennessee game, when the locker room afterwards, he said, this is this game was kind of like our season, and it is in a lot of ways. All right, so if you've got a question for the coach, 641-1010, you can hit the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Uh, we're going to just nibble at that game plan for Kansas City. Like we said, what, what do you see differently now versus what you saw then? It was a 10-point uh, Chiefs win then. It's about a eight-and-a-half, nine-point line right now. We'll do that coming up. It's XL Primetime. One, two. XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. They're still screaming and dancing in the streets. You know they are. And they're getting ready for the next. People buying plane rides to Kansas City uh, and getting ready uh, for the Chiefs. You think anybody's jumping in the car and driving, making that drive? Oh, I guarantee you there's some people that are just looking at each other and just going, yeah, yeah. Road trip! Yeah, we just had a lady on <laughs> Twitter a, say that she took a bus to Pittsburgh for the game. That's There's a healthy, absolutely people driving. That's oh, a yeah. healthy 19 hours because I yeah. made the drive when I moved to St. Yeah, Louis. Yeah, St. Louis. Yeah, you're right Jackson, there. St. Louis was 16. Yeah, and to Kansas City is another three. I was uh, oh, in man. Kansas as a kid uh, in the Midwest with all that snow and everything like that for I don't know three or four or five years. My dad tripping around as a Regal ride shock absorber salesman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and so uh, that that heartland, I can see people just saying, you know what, let's go for it. Only once. All right, coach. Uh, with with uh, this last segment, the the little things you're peeking at right now that that you think could be like like what could be different in this game that you think Jacksonville is better at to be successful. Well, you know when you look at their offense. You know, they've got firepower, okay? They're first in, in points, first in yardage. They're, they're fifth in uh, pass attempts and first in pass yardage, mm-hmm. but very average against with the running game. Yeah, they don't do it a lot. They don't run. Now, uh, Pacheco has Paco, a – Paco, I like to call him. Yeah, yeah, Paco, whatever it is, Pacheco. He, he is averaging 4.9, but they, he doesn't really want to run. No. So in my mind, you, you approach it with the idea that we've got to take care of the pass and play the run on the move mm-hmm. in this one, okay. offensively. Because normally you are stop the run guy. At first, yeah. yeah. Now on this one, I don't think even if we were having a problem with the run that they would continue to do it. Right. They want to throw the football. There's no question about it. So that's got to be the, 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 the deal is you've got to do some things to offset Mahomes, whether it's – Bring in a few guys, but you can't bring the house because he's good with that. Yeah. But you got to make sure that you bring enough pressure, get enough pressure, and I think we're better at that now with a simpler scheme mm-hmm. than we were. Mm-hmm. From a defensive standpoint, they've got a good defense, but nobody is running the ball on them. Everybody's throwing the ball on them. Okay? They're 30th against the pass, and they are – 50% touchdowns inside the 20-yard line. So we've got to do a good job of throwing the football, enough run to, to – it was kind of like we talked about with the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Run enough to make sure the, the deep cross passing game is there. And, and I don't think that their secondary is very good. They're, they're good up front. So I think we've got to approach the game with run enough, but let's – Let's make that secondary work and get the ball down the field. The thing you've got to be careful of is he is a blitzer. 
Mm-hmm. Spagnuolo's a blitzer. Yeah. A lot of their sacks have come out of the secondary. So they've got to make sure they've got the quick passing game going. What they did with the swing passes, all that are great. And and uh, they're going to have to, you know, this is going to be another one of those games that you're going to have to score. Yeah. We said it last week against San Diego. We're yeah, going to have to uh, score. This total is like 51, something like yeah. that. Yeah, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, it's like playing seven on seven. Mm-hmm. All you need to, or playing tennis. All you have to do is break serve mm-hmm. a few times on defense during the game, and you got a chance to win. All right, so you know how I feel. Protect the quarterback, affect the quarterback. That's where I'm starting to have some hesitation because I don't know how they block Chris Jones on the interior. Yeah, That's going to be a problem. A, he's a freak. It's going to be a big problem. And and then number two, they like to do the, that twist stuff. If you twist on Mahomes, he's right outside. You know? Absolutely. They can't do that twist stuff. Yeah, they, they got to make sure gotta, they got contained. Yeah, you got to contain. So, I mean, clearly they see this, right? Right, right. And by the way, uh, you're absolutely right. You know, they have to be a little bit more straight rush and bring some linebackers inside to clog up the the, the running lanes right. for him. Right. But one of the biggest plays in the game this past weekend was Kalevon Chazon coming inside on one of those rushes that forced an incomplete pass when they needed to get yeah, off that the was. You're right. You're right. So, but uh, you're not worried about you're not worried about Herbert escaping and, and getting 15, 20 yards of kick. Well, no, he can run though. I he know he's an athlete. He can't, but you, but that's what Mahomes does. Yeah, Mahomes absolutely. gets those hidden 15, 20 yard runs that just kill you. Yeah, no, they have to be more controlled in where they're rushing, but not controlled on how they're rushing. They need to go get them. I mean, but yeah. they've got to make sure they're in their lanes. All right, I'm gonna let you uh, say something that you said earlier. We gotta. Got a handful of questions uh, on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures for Coach. And if we miss any of these, uh, I'll, I'll try and carry them over to our Camp Owen Joe uh, Facebook Live, uh, which is right around 3305. Uh, you can pop on there or check out the podcast later. Uh, but you get to answer the question that something you said earlier. Would Coach Campo make the same call uh, to go for the fourth down conversion in the first quarter instead of the points? Now, I would not have. I'm a defensive coach. Okay. That's the difference between an offensive coach and a defensive coach, in my opinion. I, I'm taking the points. Right. Because it was right at 50, 51 yards for the yeah, field that, goal. You know, uh, you, you listen, a 50 yard field goal, you could say whatever you want. It's a seven nothing game at that point. Yeah. I, I would have taken the points. I would have gone ahead and done it. And it was uh, fourth and seven? Yeah. I mean, that's a long way to get. You know, you don't want to be in that situation, to right. be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So my answer would be that. And Tony Dungy's answer when they asked him about moving the ball from the uh, extra point to the, the two-point play, mm-hmm. right, right. he said, well, I wouldn't do that. I'm a defensive coach. <laughs> That's so, the difference yeah. between the two, two different people. You move it to the one, you got to go for it. You yeah. got all yeah. the momentum. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was okay with them going for it there when it was Yeah, out. I was too. But You're uh, at home. Yeah. You're fine. I mean, you just had, you just had a, a – you know, a pick that puts you back seven nothing. You're driving, everything's all right again. You're back in your groove. Everything's. I'm okay with doing it then. Mm-hmm. It just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. Yeah. And then you move on. All right. Why do we keep dropping our pass rushers on key downs, third and six? Why do we continue to have Josh Allen in coverage? Uh, I get they watch film for tendencies, but uh, come on, he needs to be up there going after the. Well, you know what they're doing now is that they're 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 not an all out six-man blitz mm-hmm. and go man-to-man across the board. Can't afford to do that. Yeah, they're changing up where the rush is coming from. 
Sometimes they're bringing five. That means that both outside linebackers are usually coming. Mm -hmm. Other times they're bringing the fourth rusher from the linebacker or the safety position. But when they do that, they have to drop the linebacker on the other side, the okay, outside that linebacker. Basically, That's what's changing happening. Roles. So what yeah. they're trying to do is they're trying to change up the rush based on their protections, whether it and still, you know, Confusion. even Tony missed one. T Tony in the in the broadcast said, "Well, they brought five, mm -hmm. but they only brought four. But they brought the linebacker from the strong side along with three other guys, and they dropped the outside linebacker on the other side. They're trying to create confusion in the pass Correct. block. Yeah. They're trying to attack the protection based on what they show when the protection's called. Then they're bringing something from the other side to try to, you know, mm -hmm. to get a one-on-one -on -one situation. Yeah. Yeah, simple as that. Uh, all right, Coach, we're going to fire up a Campo and Joe podcast coming up in just a bit. Always appreciate you coming in here. Fans do as well, that's for sure. Thank you, buddy. All right, we will get ready for the Francis show coming up here in just a second and see what they got cooking for this afternoon. Hey, remember this? Pass is caught! Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry! Way downtown! Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! And here he is. Having the time of his life. Time now for a Modelo moment. Make your next moment with a Modelo. Draw to Biner. Ernest Biner. Fumble. Fumble the ball and Denver has recovered. Oh my. Or have they? Let's wait for the official. Don Pilum. There's a war going on under that stack. There it is. Denver's ball at the two-yard line. Biner had the first and goal. And lost the ball. What a heartbreak for Biner, who had picked up the first down, who was ready to take it into the end zone. Oh. That was some heartbreak. And uh, Cleveland, that one you had to live with and still have to live with, unfortunately, because that goes all the way back. The drive, as it was called, John Elway, after that fumble, able to take it back down. Broncos and Browns. Different games. Oh, actually, you're right. We were sitting there talking about that earlier. Two different games. Uh, Biners was what year? 80s? The year after. That was the year before. Yeah. Yeah. Year, so year the drive was, was the year before. Drive Biners was the year before. fumble was the year after. Mm -hmm. Okay, so heartbreak with Double that game. one. And Ernest Biner even came out decades later. Like, this wasn't that long ago. Like, maybe this is talking, what, 25 years later? Right. Still racks him oh yeah you know that that moment that gosh could i do it over i mean could they I were at like over? the could two it would have been a first and goal from the two yard line yeah the yeah. browns fans those two years were just mm -hmm. yeah i mean yeah so you're right was, they were the back first to was the kick in the shorts you're down on one knee and then someone comes up and kicks you right in the head yeah. tough to take uh and thankfully we don't have those types of uh, stinging losses right now we're playing on and getting ready for kansas city now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL rolling with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally-owned automotive repair shop. Lauren Brooks joins us now. Francis Show getting ready to roll. Uh, the moment that uh, Saturday night just – how did you, like, sum up Saturday night when it was all said and done? Uh, that's a good question. I would say the worst first half of football mm -hmm. I'll probably ever see Trevor Lawrence play, mm -hmm. uh, followed by the best half of football I'll see the entire team play being you know down by that much. And and I really think that the fans staying around 
that helped this team realize that they could do it, right? Yeah. They believe in each other, but the fact that the fans didn't give up on them were super loud, yeah. I think that was huge. But I will say, talk about, like, getting kicked when you're down. Logan Cook on that hold right before, you know, when the Chargers called the timeout, mm-hmm. right before Riley Patterson went to kick it, like, you can't do that. Yeah. And so Dave and Gambo and I were saying that to each other in the press yeah. box. Like, yeah. wait a minute, you can't – I didn't think he could do that. Me neither. Me neither. And people have been talking about whether or not you should, you know, be prepared, have that extra down in case sure. you need it, I, which – I. Fine, you could throw that theory out there, but most of the time, everything's got to go right for you to hit that kick anyway. How many times have we seen someone do anything on third down than right. spike, you know, the, the the holder, not like it, spike it and get another down? Have we? Have we? I can't really, can't really think of a Maybe time. Maybe in when, college football. Yeah, Maybe. I really can't. But anyway, everything did go perfect after yeah. that. But I never knew the official could come rushing in there either. No, I think that's fairly new for the NFL. And the other thing is I was paying attention, Logan Cook taking some of those kickoffs. It was like, well, is that to preserve Riley's leg because he did have the knee soreness mm-hmm. this past week? Or is that just because they like how Cook can always get it into the end zone? So then I'm starting to get nervous about Riley Patterson just because they, he wasn't doing his normal routines. And I made sure to watch him and he was warming up on the sidelines. So I was like, okay, Riley is taking the kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not going to be Logan Cook. I mean, all those things were running oh, through yeah, my head. yeah. But I know one fan last week or against the Titans for that victory called it the River City Miracle. And obviously people have called this the River City Rally. So I just love how enthused everyone is. And, and We both. had another one, uh, River City Runback, which I okay, thought was I a like good, that good name the, too. Against the Titans. And then, you know, you mentioned fans that most of the fans stayed. Yeah. There's this new, like, group out there, Leavers Anonymous. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about this, but Leavers Anonymous. At some point you will gather, you will meet, you will deal with the uh, yeah. idea that you weren't there. I heard someone down the hall earlier today saying yeah. that he left at halftime, yeah. and I was stunned. Like, where, where are the FOMOs, okay? The yeah. FOMOs always stick around, but uh, no, they I, not. I certainly would never have left, because uh, you just never know with this team, the way that they've been down in the past. And so it was it was an unbelievable evening, and certainly we're going to continue the Victory Tuesday Talk. Denny Thompson will join the guys at 5 o'clock, and also we have a scholar-athlete coming up at 340. All right, sounds good, Lauren. Appreciate it. Thank you, gentlemen. We'll be listening for Angie's show coming up. French, Lauren, Hayes, Gibby. They all got it going. Yeah, FOMO, fear of missing out, Maddie. They uh, fear of missing out. Yeah, you think got that uh, those people they regret that one if they did get up and leave. And there were a few, but most of them just headed into the club and into the Bud Light party zone. That's basically. There was a went. guy who texted and he said he left, but the six people he was with didn't. Uh-huh. So he sat in the parking lot for the whole second half and had Whoa. to wait on them anyway. <laughs> like that. Oh, why didn't you go back in then? Well, you can't. You can't once now. you leave. You're oh, once you're out, you can't oh, go back yeah. in. But it's like out. he would yeah. rather have just stayed in his car than that. You know There's what no he had? You had JJ. He had the heater on and That's, beer. Yeah. I guarantee he had beers. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I got like six beers in the cooler in the car. I'm yeah. there. They're oh, gonna make him stay that. in the uh, car <laughs> next wait, time. There's no pass back yeah. in. No. Oh no. No. Wow. No. This isn't 1952. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Uh, still this college. is a press guy. He gets to go in and out as he plays. Exactly. No, they still doing college. Yeah. yeah. Do but they? No. Yeah, they still do. Yeah. Wow. No, no. Even college cut that out because you know what are happened you sure in Gainesville? About that? Oh, my gosh. All maybe, the tickets maybe are in like Gainesville mobile. They did. So well, it, I couldn't it, imagine that you could get your ticket scanned and then yeah, this, email your buddy your ticket. Maybe in Gainesville they did. In Gainesville, they would run across the street, pound per, beers, per get the stamp, back, and yeah. come back in. Right. And then they said, no, no, no more of that. So, all right. We are out. Uh, thanks to Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota. You can find both of them online. Beaver Toyota St. Augustine.com, Beaver Chevrolet.com. And then right there on the lot, you will get great service, great selection. It's all happening at either one of the Beaver dealerships. Joe C., Maddie Hayes, Mio O'Brien, Big Surge Coach, and JJ. Listen for the Frangie Show next.